Mike, turn your games down. Hi, episode 200 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helberton, and who's traveling through dimensions with me tonight? I am everywhere. I'm everything everywhere all at once. My name is Dominic. Hello. Well, I'm just here, and I'm Barry Granza. And welcome back, both of you. And I'm one thing that made me happy is two years ago, <laughs> when we covered Chrono Trigger for episode 100, I told I told myself and everybody listen anyone listen to the episode that episode 200 I'm going to cover Chrono Cross, and I remembered and I did it. So that made My me golly, happy. you sure did it. <laughs> That's so impressive. Weird. I can't remember what I had for dinner yesterday, and here you are, hundred episodes later. Uh, it, well, it was something that I kept like joking about, like I'm going to do, it, and I actually I did it. So. The joke is going to be episode 300 is going to be Xenogears, but I don't know if 300 will fall into Spooktober, depending on how time works with my with the schedule. Ooh, so if it doesn't, that'd be very be, good. <laughs> so either, well, either way, it's going to happen because I the only reason why it hasn't happened on the show is I played Xenogears in 2020 during COVID. And I was going to like I was like, fuck it, let's do it. But then my my co-host at the time was like, no, nah, we're not going to play that. And then it didn't happen because it's a gigantic RPG. But one day I mean, I'll happen. come back for 300 to Xenogears. That sounds fun. I love Xenogears. <laughs> great game and it's oh god it's a good game okay but yeah that some point because i need to cover that one too i'm trying to cover all the ps1 rpgs that i love for then Square. episode 400 will be xena saga episode one. Oh god <laughs> <laughs> i do need to play that i bought that game on release day and still have never played it much Ooh, have you at least played the xenoblade series no <laughs> oh my god what's wrong with you i don't know i mean i got nothing i own xenoblade chronicles x for wii u but that's it but i haven't touched that series yet <sighs> on my list Mike, of things I need to do. Those series amazing. The big secret is that they've been trying to tell the Xenogears story for 25 years, and they keep getting fucked up. <laughs> One day. Oh, but uh, Chrono Cross, the game that we are here to talk about, came out in two. Th- okay, it came out in 2000. Yes. I thought it was 1999. Okay. 1999 Japan. God, it took us a while to get it. Okay. I mean, this is this is the game. If we're t- if we're talking about, like history, this is the the final game. That like the the chronology from like Chrono Trigger to Radical Dreamers to Xenogears to this. After this, like a lot of the Square team that were making this, part of them went off to make Monolith Soft. The other part of them worked on Final Fantasy XI. Okay. So if you want to know why there's no more Chrono games, it's because the Chrono team went to make Final Fantasy XI or Xeno which Saga, was, which was amazing, amazing, amazing game. As was Xeno. Yeah, <laughs> eleven. I got things, but <laughs> so uh, also the funny thing is, back when I first announced that we were going to do this two years ago, they hadn't released or they hadn't even announced the Radical Dreamers edition. And then as time went on, we were greeted with the 20, 20, 20, 2022 release where we got the Radical Dreamers edition, which came on Switch, PC, everything, which is what I played, which is the same game. But yeah, I I dabbled in it a little bit, but I did play the PS One version earlier this year. Okay. See, you were smart. You played it ahead. Of, you you played it ahead of time. <laughs> I'm I'm just glad that they brought that out because it was when when the original game was out. You know, in, in back in 2000, I was just starting college, and I didn't have my you know PS1 at the time. And in the college dorm, you know, you really didn't have room to set up systems, so I was dabbling in emulation. So a lot of the stuff I was playing at the time was stuff we never got. So I found Radical Dreamers that way while I was in college. Lucky. Like with the with the, you know fan translation, I was like, "What's this? Uh, uh, another sequel to Chrono Trigger?" And I read all about it, and I got to play Radical Dreamers back in you know in 2000 via fan translation, 2001 on on my PC. So when this was announced, I'm like, "Are they going to even acknowledge Radical Dreamers finally after all these years?" And sure enough, they <laughs> did. I was like, "Yes!" 
Like, yeah. finally, I'm not the only one to experience this in America. <laughs> like, I, I wrote an article for my blog a few years ago talking about how they should do it because you know, there's there'd be no more Chrono games. Like, they'd be it'd be insane not to release Radical Dreamers at some point. People keep talking about Chrono, and then they, that's the only other content you can get. And here, yep. sure enough, they released it. And it, and we covered it on the show not too long ago. I'll look it up later. But like, it was you know, and there's a reference to it in this game too. And it, it's oh, yeah, in this they, game. They take Maybe. it seriously. This is a remake, basically. Or, or remaster like version. Another, no, another version of what Radical Dreamers was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Radical Dreamers came out first, but this game actually acknowledges Radical Dreamers as like a parallel world. Yeah. <laughs> I So I so when I had always had kind of mixed thoughts about uh, Chrono Cross for years. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I'm like, okay, this game isn't that great. I don't like it. Mm. And because it wasn't what I wanted in 2000 when I first played sure. it, it wasn't the sequel I wanted. It wasn't the game I wanted. But as when I played it this past week for the show, I, I, there are still things I don't like that it's a mm-hmm. personal thing. I don't like a game where I can't grind and grind and grind and grind and be super powerful. And this game does not let you do that. See, that's what I like about it. It's like you don't have to worry about anything. No, it's you can't grind. Yeah. It's like it's all, you know, you can customize as much as you want. But beyond that, just like just leave it alone. Just experience the game. See, I'm with Michael there. I, I like having that ability, that freedom where if I want to I mean, grind a little bit, I can grind a little bit. See, that's why I like Final Fantasy eight. I don't I don't do any battles in eight except if I have to. Eight, eight is just use the GF system and win like that. <laughs> I'm actually playing eight for episode 225, hopefully. So. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, I mean, it is good. Like that's, I mean, I do respect that it has that. That the game, you know, did that where you don't need to level up all the time. You don't need to do all that. Like it was nice. It just there were a couple times in the game where I'm like, I really want to grind because I can't beat. There's one sure. boss where I couldn't beat him. I said, "Fuck it," and moved on. But that's fair. I think I also had that problem. Was that was it the monster fighting one? I didn't even mess with that. I, I saw oh, it. And I'm God, like, that was that's hard. nice. If you can make a comparison, I think this this comparison works on a few different levels. Chrono Trigger is Terminator 1. Chrono Cross is Terminator 2. I See, I can't get that. I, I get what you're saying with that, but I feel like Terminator 2 is more well-loved than Terminator 1, and I feel Chrono Trigger is far more loved than Chrono Cross. Which is, unsh- which is a shame, because this game is great. But, I mean... Oh, this game is great. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> like, a public like, perception. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Chrono Trigger is, like, the core experience. It's, like, the very basic idea that's executed really really well but it's you know fairly not basic, i almost feel but it's like streamlined i would say chrono trigger is terminator 2 and this is terminator 3 where it has its no. fans and it does things well but <laughs> fan reception perhaps doesn't do but like anything. but this is the game this this runs circles around chrono trigger like t2 kind of does t1 and like it, it rounds it out in yeah. such an expansive oh, yeah. way story-wise i agree with you i'm talking fan re- sure I, I don't care about the fan response fans are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> people out there hate the last jedi i don't understand it i, I hate the last jedi too so well, i haven't seen it since theater so <laughs> anyone I, who hates the last jedi deserves rise of skywalker Rise of Skywalker like was a better film, in my opinion. That's <laughs> I like it because it's such a dumb movie. I saw it in theaters, and I loved it in theaters, and I wanted to cry because I thought it was so good. Just because, and then I have not seen it since, and I know exactly when I do, my opinion will not be the same. So I just, I just look at the sequel trilogy that doesn't exist. Tales of the Jedi, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, what they're doing works. The sequel trilogy does not work. <laughs> But Chrono Cross is such a, is such a mature take, oh. like a mature like expansion of what Chrono Trigger does in every conceivable way. 
I think I was in that same boat too. I feel like I used to, well, I know I used to make the joke or make comment. Well, Chrono Cross is not really a sequel to the trigger. It's just there. But now that I've replayed it, now that I experienced it again, I'm like, it's like you said, it's hundred percent a sequel. It's just a different thing. It's just not what you wanted because like, I mean, it takes it it takes stuff from Chrono Trigger and it puts it away in a box. And it essentially yes. like between the 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 PS one version with the cutscenes, between the DS version, and now playing this game and then like putting things together, like they pretty much they they kill Chrono and Luca. They're all dead. Yeah, which, which is great. I love it. I hate it, but it makes sense. <laughs> I just hate that great, Chrono goes out five dark, months like, later. Thing. Like you get that happy ending and they're dead like five months later. Like. <laughs> Like, see, I like universes with stakes. Like, I love when stuff actually happens because it, it makes it so much more meaningful, especially in video games where you have an infinite number of excuses to bring characters back or do this or do that. Well, they could always bring characters back in a game with time travel and alternate. Oh, yeah, so that's why that's why I love like Metal Gear Solid Four because Metal Gear Solid Four's tone is just so perfect because of where Snake is. Right? Like, you can't come back from that in that game. Yeah, reminded me, I got to start that. Which, yeah, but, like Snake is it, just old. He's going to die. That's a great premise. I mean, if you think about Chrono Cross, what Square did and the team did is they were playing four-dimensional chess with this game around <laughs> Chrono Trigger. And mm-hmm. for those of us at that time, you know, we were we were in our teenage years and we didn't want that. We didn't know we wanted that because we just wanted a sequel. We wanted the same gameplay with the same characters. The Force Awakens. Yes, that's exactly true. We wanted The Force Awakens, something familiar, something we could get behind. And Chrono Cross was absolutely not that. Chrono Cross was The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) No, because Chrono Cross is actually good. Oh god! Time will tell. We'll come back to this in twenty years, and we'll see what what you're saying then. You know what? You're you're probably right. I think a lot of a lot of media, a lot of you know, ages differently. Some age gracefully, and some age poorly. And you know the fact that we're talking about this now, 22 years later from the American release, you know, 23 from the Japanese release, and we're talking about it in such high regards. And it, you know, there was such good fanfare around the remake or the, the re-release. It says something. It says that this game is aged extremely well, and the perception as well has been kinder to it than some other games. Yeah, I mean, it's a game with ideas. It's a game that has something going for it beyond, um, you know, just trying to look cool or, you know, be a sequel to something and just get the accolades. Like, it it really feels like, you know, Chrono Trigger was like a really cool idea that a lot of people worked really hard on. But Masato Kato sat down and was like, no, this is the story I actually want to tell and like say something with. To be fair, it's also convoluted as all get out, <laughs> which I love, which is fantastic. I love convoluted. I love Xenosaga, but like, I didn't like the convoluted story of this back in the day. But now that I'm older and more intelligent and have the Internet at my disposal completely, like I'm OK with this complicated story because this story is like so fucking bizarre because instead of having oh, yeah. you know, going through time, you have two different realities which i think at the time my brain couldn't like i'm like what i mean now it makes perfect sense to me is that you know as the game progresses you find out that because surge was killed in this time it and he wasn't supposed to die it ended up splitting time and now there's two universes one where he didn't die and how things are differently and i love that idea that he's going back and through time except the real world is the one where he died this well, is now, a good I'll, premise too. It's a great premise. I will I will say this. This is a game that I played back 
in 2001, 2002 is when I finally got to play it. I think it was 2002. And I absolutely loved it then. Like, I was able to pick up... I love the convoluted thing because I think it's one of those things where as you play and you experience it at a pace, at, at an understandable pace, it is fantastic. And those bomb drops that just keep coming. This game has a lot of, like, the, the shoe drops and all that moments. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it, it's just, well, oh, my God, like, like floor stripped out from under you, you have no idea. Now, going into this, since it's been so long... I remembered so much of this game, but I'm like, you know what? Just let me watch some videos recapping, right? Just to to freshen things up. I don't. I honestly didn't have the time to sit there and play through the game again because it is a long game. <laughs> and in watching in like a 30 minute video describing the story, I can tell you this is not one of those games to digest in 30 minutes. Like it, it the convolution goes everything out the window. It's like, wait, what? What? Because you have no time to digest anything before oh, yeah. another twist and it's so interesting seeing this game from two different perspectives and after watching a few videos i'm like oh yeah, I'm, yeah now i remember a lot of that stuff again and it, it's more back to me so i think this is a game where if you don't have the time to sit and really digest and absorb the story you are going to be confused and lost and you'll probably put it down but if you have the time to really sit there and enjoy that story and, and digest it take a break and let it simmer you'll love it because I can it's agree. There's just so Memories. much. Go ahead. No, there's so okay. there's so much to this game. Like, and that's what's like, so I got this game on PS1 because I'm I'm younger than you two, so I got it after the DS version of Chrono Trigger came out because that was the first way I experienced that game. I'm like, okay, cool, Chrono Cross is out there. I can get that. And like, this is like a thing where the battle system totally did not make sense with me when I was younger. So it's like, okay, I'd like to play this, but it's very hard. So I'm just gonna come back to this later and figure it out. Thankfully, this year was the year that it, that actually happened, and I'm really <laughs> glad to that I waited so long and was able to appreciate like everything outside of like that edgy teen like sensibility. <laughs> so you were Nikki, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, I'm actually I'm glad you replayed this because I mean, when the fact that you were talking about it earlier this year is also like you know why one reason why you're here with me, which I'm glad. Right. You know, because you all also had been a big like you kept talking about this game and you were like, oh, it's a good game. And, I'm, and my memories of this before we did this were not good memories. And by, you know, you being positive, it kind of helped me go, OK, I'm going to take a different look at this as an, as an you know, as an older, you know, as an adult and not someone that's just I mean, Chrono Trigger is one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably my favorite game of all time, as I always say on the show. But like and, and that's what made this game hard for me, that the story wasn't what i wanted but it's so good everything i mean the battle system is good too it's different right. and it took me like even this this playthrough took me a little bit to be okay with it but once i got into it i'm like this is fine like monos monolith stuff has been historically my favorite rpg developer and i consider you know the the chronology from chrono trigger all the way up to like xenogears you know all of that stuff like it to me that's like some of the best rpg gaming has ever been so you didn't go to xenoblade I look. I I have not been kept up on Xenoblade. I have done oh. Xenoblade one. I need to play the others. Oh my god! I need really to play do. any of them at some point. You okay. really do because it's still <laughs> classic Xenoblade one is fantastic. Itself. Well, because it's yeah. like I, I I I I really dig what they go for, and like this is just as a great example because it's like Xenogears is also known for being very convoluted and very yes. like expressive in its really mature themes, and then there's this, which you know, being a sequel lends it a different context but also shows how good they were at developing that more mature storytelling style and 
giving you something that was more than just, you know, edgy teens in a dystopian world that are doing things. And I granted, I do like Final Fantasy seven and eight quite a bit, but this is the more adult oriented uh, stuff that Square was thankfully providing. Now, I'm kind of curious because we're all different ages. We all experienced this game at different times. And uh, originally when when this came out, what was your inner circle, your school, your your friends circle, whatever, you know, was playing your game shop, wherever the people you talked to about video games at the time? What was the perception when this game came out versus like when you actually experienced this game for the first time? This question. And t- I, I got my N64 when I was five in 2000. So I have no idea. <laughs> God, me and my friend had this game where we in 2000 because I'm born in 87. We both liked it. I remember that. Like, we enjoyed the game. It wasn't like the top, like, it wasn't Chrono Trigger. So, and we both were big fans of Chrono Trigger at the time. But I, I don't really remember much. I feel like we weren't as positive about this game in general. But then again, I would have been like 13, I would have been like 13 when this came out. So it wasn't what I want. Again, it wasn't what I wanted. And I, that was my thought pattern for so long. And I, I don't remember much. <laughs> I just remember, I think, me, we only had one person that played it back then. I think we kind of liked it. From what See, I, I, was, I was 17 when it came out, and I didn't have a PlayStation. I had the N64, uh, you know, and I was a big RPG fan coming from the Super Nintendo, especially, you know, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy IV. It was just one of those things where I was starved. I was, the N64 just did not have the RPGs. Oh, Paper God. Mario was great, but that didn't, I don't think like that... Like Chronicles? I had Aiden Chronicles, I played Hybrid Heaven, I played Quest 64, I did anything, Harvest Moon 64, Ogre Battle 64, any of them, I got them and played them because it was anything I could get my hands on. And I didn't get PlayStation until 2002 when I got a PlayStation 2 to play PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> and that that's the sad truth. I, I've sp- <laughs> I got Grand Theft Auto 3 as the only PS2 game, and then I got everything else PS1 games. But... But I remember when it came out, I remember reading, you know, Game Informer and, and Electronic Gaming Monthly, and the reviews were mixed. And, and my, you know, friends in my circle who had a PlayStation got it, and they were like, oh, this game's not that good. This isn't Chrono Trigger. And, and it was very negative. Like, I remember hearing all these negative things and kind of thinking like, okay, well, I, don't, I, I can't play it anyways. You know, I'm not missing anything. So when I started getting those PlayStation 1 RPGs, of course, I had to get Chrono Cross. And I remember it was a Christmas break. I think Christmas break 2002. I was off for, you know, a month for college, which was awesome. You know, I was a month, whole month off. What am I going to do? I'm like, let me try this. You know, everyone said it was negative. Let me make my own opinion. And I loved it. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is such a good game. So it was weird to have that when it came out, that negative connotation and thinking, I'm, I don't mind missing this. Like, I'm, I'm dodging a bullet to actually playing it and realizing, oh, my God, I was missing something. And I'm glad I didn't feel I was missing anything, but now I could really enjoy it. And uh, it's really interesting how that perception, especially when you can't have something, it kind of eases it if you, if you feel it's negative. But you really need to make your own opinion. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like playing this game through this time, and especially the Radical Dreamers edition, which is great, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's just it looks a little prettier, but I, that don't matter. Just the fact that you can play this on a modern day console, or in this case, or in my case, a Steam Deck. and be able to fast forward all the time just to bring the game a little faster, which is nice when you beat this game in a week. <laughs> so like those things like that were just amazing for me. And like the game is just, it's just a very complex story. The battle system. I didn't like the fact that you have three different attacks for your regular attacks and they each have a percentage. And the idea that you're supposed to do the weaker attacks to become stronger, to do the bigger attack. And I think 
when I was younger, I didn't like that. Now I'm like, okay, this is fine. Like this didn't bother me anymore. And I wasn't stupid and only tried to do level three attacks constantly. Like I right. like young Mike would have done. <laughs> it's not Pokemon where defensive moves are kind of stupid to use, but yeah, you know, and it, it it's just some cool, it's just cool ideas. And I, I, the battle system grew on me a lot in this game. Like we talked a little bit, but also the way the leveling system works in this game is you beat bosses, you get stars and stars are the ways that you're able to then get HP upgrades, attack upgrades. And then regular battles will let you upgrade your stats only so far, but then you'll get locked away to get the next star with the game. Doesn't let you just grind away until you're happy. Right. Like, I, which is good. It's a good thing. I didn't like it. I'm going to say that right there because it's not, I wanted to just grind my life away at certain points in time. Be like, I'm just going to grind forever because I, that's what I want to do right now. And I couldn't, but the game is not, it's not a bad thing. It works. Right. I think for this game, Yes. you know, I think it depends why you play certain games. Like if you play games for challenge, or you play games for story. Uh, you know, I, I've always played RPGs for story, even to this day. I just, I prefer to play an RPG for a story. So I don't mind the grind personally, because it just allows me to not have that boss like makes me like struggle. I just want to be able to pass that boss to see what happens next. What well, it didn't okay, I but should say it didn't bother me in this game until yeah, this game like it works fine near the end. And it's an, there's an optional boss that kicked my ass like I was level one. It felt like, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to level, and I'm like, I can't. So we're just going to skip this optional boss and continue on with the game. So. But that's the key. It's optional. And then that, yes. that's the cool thing. It doesn't prevent you. Like if you ever played Final Fantasy X, like Seymour has some moments that can be, <laughs> especially on the mountain. Oh, with the God. Uh, that that's fight, like, that's like, yeah, that that's fight like my quit for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that my, breaks a lot like, of people. Idea. That's my idea. Like what grinding is, is doing Mount Gagazette for 20 hours just to grind. Yes. And also realizing I screwed up my sphere grid and I have to reallocate points to everybody. But that's a different story. Yeah. I, I don't like it when there's... I don't mind optional bosses that are tough and challenging. I hate it when there's story bosses that literally put a... Just a stop on the story. Literally breaks on. You can't continue. You If it was a book, you physically just... The next page weighs like a 3,000 tons and you just literally can't lift it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I want to turn the page. I want to see what happens next. Don't do it. Don't leave me on this cliffhanger. And I, I honestly hate when games do that. And that's why that memory of Final Fantasy X, I didn't remember the mountain name, but I remember that fight. And I stopped for months. And everybody else had that same experience. It's like, mm-hmm. shame I did too. I didn't stop, but I had the same for... Seymour fight. And it's just like, that tells me it's a bad fight. When that, everyone is experiencing a negative thing, that tells me that is poorly designed. Chrono Cross doesn't have that, which is good. And I like that about this game. And, and most RPGs that, that, that allow you to that, keep that flow going. Honestly, oh, yeah. It's a good system because, it, like you said, it never stops you. Like, I was able to pretty much just constantly enjoy this game, constantly go through the next area, explore, get chess. I mean, I would go through an old area, but it was my choice just because I was exploring and I missed something and I wanted to double check to see if I could find something I didn't ha- I didn't see before. It wasn't like I ever felt there was never a point in the, in the regular game other than that boss fight where I felt under leveled or under or too weak or I mean, sometimes like, OK, I need to go buy new equipment. But it wasn't, you know, it was never really a big deal. Like I also barely ever upgraded my equipment because you you have to craft your equipment, and I didn't really get that many different materials for a long time. There aren't that many, but it's like it never like you, like you said, you can just play this game, enjoy the story, and just keep going and get absorbed in the weird wackiness that's going on that doesn't make sense at first, <laughs> but it's so good. It's such a good mystery. One could say yeah. it was orchestrated by fate. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. I I <laughs> as I re as I because I, before we, we we covered this I or after I beat this game before we did this episode I watched a bunch of YouTube videos to kind of explain things that I might have missed and it made me appreciate this game so much more. Yes. And I can now say like I consider this game. This, I mean, this game is a great sequel to Chrono Trigger, and that's something that you would never would have heard me say at any point before. <laughs> so. Yeah, and as someone who you know finally experienced it for the first time this year, but earlier, you know, it's like. Everyone told me, oh, it's not really a Chrono Trigger sequel. There's not really much Chrono Trigger in it. And it's like, are you, like, what are you talking about? I was yeah, one of them. It's integral to Chrono. Like, the Chrono Trigger is integral to this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you do see them. You do see Chrono and Marl, Marl and Luca and everybody. Like, they are there eventually. And Balthazar. I think it's Balthazar. 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 Like, the whole point Robo. of this. <laughs> Robo's in this? Yes. Yeah. I didn't see He's Robo. the computer. He's, he's the computer. The, he's the mind. Oh, okay, that didn't click. Okay. I mean, like, there's little things like Johnny's in this game, too. Like, there's a little scene where you see dead Johnny on a highway. Yeah. And, like, I didn't, I mean, I didn't understand, like, one thing that never made sense to me until this playthrough until and watching videos is that, like, because the whole idea is that your Surge is this kid that didn't die that goes through worlds. Just kind of, we'll give a quick recap. And, like, he's, you know, you, you he wakes up, he meets some girl, he finds out that he's supposed to be dead in this world, and then he's just trying to figure it out. And you end up on this this quest to go after a cat guy because this random girl told you, hey, you should join me. And then it just kind of goes from there where you're trying to hunt this cat guy and a little more. You get a little more story, a little more story. And then you eventually get your body swapped by oh, yeah. by the villain, which is also really fucking cool. Like, I remembered it, but it it, re- it really hit me this time where I'm like, this is damn cool to have your body swap like. You are now the villain that you were hunting and people are treating you differently because you're the villain and you lose you lose your whole team because they don't realize that you swap bodies. So they're just so they leave you. And there's also the cool thing of like you were a silent protagonist and then you're not anymore. Oh, I didn't catch that because Serge just starts talking once Lynx makes the switch. Oh, yeah. OK, it's such a cool like way to kind of just screw with that premise on like a basic level of like. Everyone knows the silent protagonist, but isn't it kind of cool when they start talking for some reason? That's kind of weird. I didn't catch that. That's cool. Okay. See, I I love that that idea of swapping bodies with a villain. At at the time when I played it, I hated it because I was so used to Surge's combat, and then I didn't really like Lynx's combat as much. And I'm like, <laughs> no, now I'm forced to play this. And I, I I can I just at least play like Surge? Like just no, I don't want to play as Lynx right now because I don't like it as much. And there's nothing I could do. <laughs> I had I had no problem with links, but I just it's just such a cool concept. And like the story just keep going that you just keep trying to solve these mysteries. And as you're traveling through different things happen, Pore, which, again, another trigger reference, the, t- the small town to the south of you became a military power. And I mean, I think they mentioned it briefly somewhere that they took o- like they took over the central continent, which is Guardia and that whole area. And then they came to the El Nido Triangle. Which you're in some little like little area outside of the mainland that's like kind of hidden or something, and then you find out the yeah. whole place was created, which makes sense. So I think there's some <laughs> implication somewhere that Dalton's also responsible for Corey becoming into power. In Chrono Trigger, yeah. in the the newest version or the DS version, they added stuff that says that Dalton became, went to the present time to get revenge on on Chrono, and he took over Poray, and he's right. the reason why they're dead, which I don't like, but makes sense. I just love that they kill him. It's such it's such a just a ballsy move. I don't like it, but it is a ballsy move, and it, it's not bad. I mean, and the story just works still too because the whole idea is that like once you become links, is you're like, 
oh, we got to get to the Dead Sea. We got to go to this random place where we find out, you know, your father went in this world and you went missing. And then it turns out that you didn't, you know, your father doesn't come back. And then your friend, you know, disappeared or his friend disappeared. But, you you know, you came back somehow or something like that. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea and then you find out that 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 Chrono, this, this Dead Sea was where when Chrono and them you know, kill Lobbles and change time. Well, that world, that time that didn't exist now went here because it had nowhere else to go because it never happened. And I, I love how that's what fucked everything up and that Belthazer or Belthazer realized Belthazer. it. I can cannot say that name. And he, you know, built this giant city, Chronopolis, which you go to a little bit later, which is all meant to observe time. And the whole El Nido triangle was completely created by them to observe time and observed his effect like it's and surge was essentially everything about surge was essentially created by Balthazar. Balthazar. belt Balthazar. We're, gonna belt. we're just gonna call him belt now i am because <laughs> i can't say it and <laughs> like the whole idea was that he created this to make this happen to remedy what colonel them did by altering time and i love that now because it makes yeah. sense i mean Yes, they saved the world, you know, in a sense, in 1999 by, you know, killing this, this this creature, this alien. But what about all the lives and everything that went on after that when the world recovered? Like, the world just didn't end. It didn't blow up. There was still there was still a future. It just wasn't a good future. But there was still a future. Right. And I, I love that idea that it really connects to that. Like, yeah, it didn't go away. It just went somewhere else. You're, you're still essentially killing off the lives that would have happened. You know, it's it's. And it's hard to kind of tackling the essential problems of time travel and changing the past. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people don't even realize that I think it just in life, people will do an action without thinking about the repercussions of their actions. Right. And it's almost like that, that ethical question with the the train and you have the switch. Do you (laughs) let the train kill X amount of people or do you pull the switch and, and kill something else instead? Well, that's what this is with any type of time travel. If you go back and change something, you're you are saving, you know, oh, I'm going to go back and save my wife or my my child or my parents from whatever thing you go back selfishly to save them. And you think, great, that other future now doesn't exist anymore. All those people, you just killed all those people. And you don't think about the ethical dilemma of that, you know, and it's it, this game pulls it out. This game front and center. It's like, yeah, you killed all those other people. They killed all those other people in Chrono Trigger. It's also a great showcase of like perception because it's like in Chrono Trigger, it's so heroic what you're doing. You're saving the world. And now it's kind of like, well, in a, cent- in a certain context, you were saving the world, but now they kind of all look like assholes in a way. <laughs> well, we're all the heroes to our own stories, right? From every perspective, right. we're the hero, you know, and, and from some other perspective, you're the villain. <laughs> it's almost oh, like God. it's almost like this is a story worthy of telling, like a novel or something. <laughs> almost. Oh, a lot of thought really, and like action reaction and consequences were explored i really appreciate the story so much more this playthrough than i ever thought i would like i i still don't care for a lot of the characters beyond surge and links and a couple others but you didn't like kid I, kid wasn't even in my party most of the game i mean they did drop the ball with like kind of making some of the connections fit like not making magus and guile line up like they should have is kind of a disappointment <sighs> yeah i i think it I forget the reason. There's a reasoning for it. I don't like the reasoning, but I know there was one at the time. Well, it was just, it kind of got dropped. Like, it was just, there was just too much to write and too much to do. Yeah, but it really should have been Megas. Because it's like, you can tell Guile's looking for something. He's like, I don't remember. And he looks like Megas. He flies like Megas. Like, it should have right. been fucking Megas. 
but you but you do have radical dreamers then to kind of bridge the gap a little bit more because in radical dreamers it's much more clearly supposed to be magus oh god yes so if you want if you want to take her that roundabout way and be like oh yeah guile's just another version yada 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 he still could be magus i just it, it always bumped it, me out that it wasn't yeah absolutely magus. Because Luca's in this game. I mean, Luca was killed at the orphanage with Lynx because fate was trying, which I never, I don't think I remember this, that fate was trying to get something from her, the Chrono Trigger or something, and she wouldn't give it, so he killed her. Right. Or the am- amulet. I don't remember what she, what he wanted. And, like, I had for, I remember bits and pieces that kid is actually Scala. From, oh, from God, her, yeah. Like, parts of her or something. Like, it was just a, it's just such a, it's a very complex story, and it holds a lot of its cards to the end of the game. I'm really curious like, what you thought at the very end of the game where it shows Gala walking around real world looking for presumably us. Like, I, like I, thought that, I thought that was so, like, when I when I saw that, I was like, wait, what? Oh, shit. Yeah, like, the the first thing that popped in my head was the Patriots? <laughs> That's the first thing that went in my head when I saw that scene. I was like, oh, hey, well, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 2 again. All right, I'm good. But no, that, yeah, this story is so damn good. And then when you, like, Everything with Chronopolis, how it connects to Chrono Trigger, like you were saying, Robo's there, Mother Brain, one of you know the secret bosses from Trigger was the part of the core of the computer, like all, and that's one reason why Fate kind of goes crazy. Well, of course you use a freaking homicidal, you know, computer brain to run this program. Like I love all that. It's it's, yeah, so it's fantastic. It's it, it, it by not being a traditional sequel, it allows a lot of like your expectations are kind of battered and like, you don't know what to expect anymore. You kind of knocked off your feet a little bit. And so it kind of rearranges things so that when things do line up, you're actually impressed and actually like shocked the way you should be because it's so different and you don't know what to expect anymore. You know, it's not a, you know, in a regular sequel, you'd be like, Oh, well this guy's going to come back and this is going to happen probably eventually. And it might not always be the way you expect, but you you It sure is not what you expect in this game because they come. I mean, like Colonel come back, but they're little ghost kids, right? But it's like as, as if it was a direct sequel, you would never have the shock value or like the. No. It'd be hard to replicate how hard these twists go. You know, you you talk about the ballsy move of Square killing Chrono like that, and I'm thinking, like, what if they did something like that today? Like, what if you booted up Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two? And within the first chapter, there's a scene where like Cloud walks into a room or, or whatever, and immediately a bullet goes between his eyes, and he just <laughs> drops dead. And like he's dead, like that's it, that's the end of Cloud, just like that. And like they just I mean, kill him off, and you have to do the rest of the game with the rest of the party. And the funny thing is that Square Square explored this stuff a lot back then. Like I know, you know Chrono Trigger, Chrono dies, he can. You know, Final Fantasy VIII. One of the fan theories is that Squall died at some point. The beginning of like the end of the first disc, I think, when he meets the yeah, yeah, and so it's like they really toyed with it a lot, and like it was so easy to mess with like stuff like that, and how video game stories progressed, and how the things you expected to come with the game could just change so easily. Like Metal Gear Solid Two is like the ultimate example of oh yeah, Snake was the guy. Oh no, now we're playing as (laughs) Raiden. What's going on? And it's like people would lose their minds today in a different way if that was happening, right? And that's what I want to see. I want to see them take expectations and turn them on their head because I right. think that's when Square tells the best stories. Yes. You know, it's like it's like for those that started with Seven, one of the biggest things they remember is that Aerith died. Oh my God, that was that was amazing. Oh, I didn't expect it. Blah blah blah. And like when that happened, and I saw people losing their minds, I was just looking around like, what's the big deal? And like, oh, but it killed the main character. I'm like, 
have you never played Final Fantasy before? Like, I remember being a kid going to Yang's wife in Final Fantasy IV to tell her that her husband is dead and sacrificed himself to be there. For me, I remember the twins turning to stone to save the party, sacrificing themselves. Like, those were moments that were just like, holy crap. This this was nothing. Square did all of this long, long before the PlayStation era. And I wish they would do it again. Right, because so much of what makes these stories meaningful to people is that they have these actual consequences that, you know, Aerith is like the, the example that people know now, but letting you build those connections and those like, you know, those feelings towards certain characters and then like doing things with them to make you kind of reevaluate those things or mourn them or something. That's that's an integral part of storytelling. You know, like I know like Bait and Kaitos, even though I'm not super oh, I love finished that game. that game, the twist is kind of an evolution from where Chrono Cross went because yep. it was written by the same guy. Yep. So Bait and Kaitos 1 and, and Origins are both phenomenal games. Uh, Monolith Soft. There's so much great. harder. Oh my god! So I need to. I need to follow like an exact guide because it is so fucking hard. But like even even uh, Final Fantasy V, I mean the whole time, Galif is in your party, mm-hmm. the whole time, and then he sacrifices himself for the party and dies, and his granddaughter takes over, and thankfully she inherits all the stuff you worked on for him. <laughs> but still, like that was just out of no like what. Like this whole game, I'm with this guy, and here he, th- that was a lasting effect. He doesn't come back. I love it when Square did things like that's why I said I would love if Final Fantasy VII opened up and just killed killed Cloud. Put those expectations out the window. Make it so See, that you have no plot armor anymore. I don't foresee that happening with Cloud. It's not going to happen. Well, here's the thing. I would love. Here's the thing. It's going to be like a trilogy, right? Yeah. I think they said that's going to be the remakes of the trilogy now, and there is that sequence where Cloud is incapacitated. Yeah, they could make that a whole game. They could make that a whole game. I wish they wouldn't. I wish they would stop milking that game. It is not (laughs) that good. And I hate that Square can take a game and say, we're going to sell it to you in parts and people will buy it up because it sends a bad message. That's why I want them to do something different. If they're going to change the story, let them change it radically. Let them throw everything out the window and and really change things. Because that's the Square that I love. That's the... Don't play it safe. Be well, that's, different. But that was a I long mean, time ago, Square. And you can yeah. argue that for a lot of reasons, stuff happened, like how much more expensive it was to make these games now and how much more time and effort and you know thinking about has to be put into these things. Like You can't just turn out these games in a year or nine months or no, a year and a half No, you can an entire game in, in one package. I mean, look, have you played Dragon Quest Eleven? No. No. Dragon Quest Eleven is beyond the fact uh, just a phenomenal RPG. Dragon Quest Eleven is told in three parts three acts each act is the size of a standard game each act is a complete act and chain takes what you would expect of a game and turns it on its head it literally like the first act will be like all right we're gonna we're gonna finish this and by the end of it you're you're sitting there oh my god cloud just got shot in the head what the hell is going on and then by the second act you're walking away you're like i did it i beat the game and then the third act is like, you thought you beat the game. Well, you got the bad ending. Now let's take what you thought you did, turn it completely on its head, and give you the real final ending. Like, the, like you ever saw the clue, if you ever saw the Clue movie, it's like, you know, at the end, it's like, oh, this is what could have happened, but what if this? It's like that. <laughs> Dragon okay. Quest Eleven. Dragon uh, S. Play S. It has the better, way better music and the added content. It is phenomenal in every way. 
and that is Square Enix. I'm probably more the Enix side, of course, but <laughs> but Square Enix taking chances, doing things that's like change your perspective, that 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 take your expectations on the series, turns it on. That's why it's so successful because it took Dragon Quest Nine, which played it safer. You know, 10 was an MMO. We never got it over here. But people expected it to be, oh, you're this no-name protagonist, the hero, and blah, blah, blah. And it just changes it. And it shows me that Square still has some of that in it. Bravely Default. If you haven't played Bravely Default, Bravely Second, Bravely Default 2. Oh, another, again, it shows Square can do that. Bravely Default has such a cool moment that, again, it's on the 3DS, which, which helps make it even cooler. But it's just like, whoa. Where did this come from? This is creative. Bravely Second does the same. Bravely Default Two does it to a lesser extent. I don't think it. I don't think it hit as hard as the first two. But it shows that Square can do those things. So I would love a third Chrono game or a fourth Chrono game if you if you want to count Radical Dreamers as the second, because I think they can do this. But as as you've mentioned many times, Dominic, the the core group is now Monolith Soft. Um, so. I don't think Square would do it justice, and I think that's why they haven't touched it in, in two decades. <laughs> the thing too that we keep in mind though is that like Dragon Quest is popular, but it's mostly popular oh, yeah. in Japan. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, there's still money so like they know there. how to appeal to that, and I feel like you know globally, then Dragon Quest is not the same. Unfortunately, like the same level that. But Eleven was very popular in the U.S. as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. I I agree. But I think, you know, there's a perception that Final Fantasy is like the A-list sink $200 million into each installment of Final Fantasy VII kind of yeah. game. Where Dragon Quest is like, let's sink oh, $100 million this, into one game. This is the reason they're doing it, is they need money. And they know that they could literally poop in a jar, take a piece of scotch or uh, like masking tape, <laughs> put it on the jar and write Final Fantasy VII on it, and it would sell. And look, they just did that. What that was a mobile battle arena game for Final Fantasy? Which is already shut canceled. Down with, yeah, yeah, it shut down within a year because they're willing to throw any garbage out there with the name Final Fantasy VII, trying to make it stick because they just want quick money. That's the only reason they're doing it. They just they know that people will buy it because there are such rabid fans for that game that they sent death threats to Square after that PS3 tech demo, and that <laughs> to me is oh god, I remember that terrible, bullshit. terrible part of gaming culture, and. Square will not take more chances on their bigger franchise because of things like that. They will play it safe. It's being said, you know, I think they're shooting for an M-rated game for Final Fantasy 16. Oh, oh yeah. Well, Yoshida's behind it. And Yoshida did amazing with 14. And 14, 14 is their best game right now. Like, it's making and 14. And the team that made 14 is the team that worked on 11. No, no. The original 14, uh, the 1.0 was the team that worked on 11. The the mm. Yoshida team worked on eleven, but only worked on eleven after the original team left. They worked on Abyssia mm. because I was they, trying to tie it back to Chrono Cross, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm being I'm being truthful here. It's not the same team. The original <laughs> team, the the original eleven, which I I love eleven. I, I think eleven is probably my favorite game of all time. What worked back in two thousand two, two thousand three, didn't work for fourteen. They 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 did a lot of terrible things. One point was a garbage game. And they brought that back. And Square, Square took chances. Let's nuke the entire world. Literally part of the canon. 1.0 was <laughs> canon. They nuked the entire world, teleported everybody five years later. And now you pick up in 2.0, Realm Reborn. That's why it's called that. 2.0, you know, five years post the, the thing. And, and all that story took place. All that story was canon. I love that they did that. They took a chance. But they need to take more of those chances. 
and they need to I'm try hoping 16 will do that i'm hoping 16 will take that chance i i, I do too i really hope they do i, I think, think 16 will 15 in a way is kind of taking a chance because 15 was you know the original final fantasy versus 13 yeah. and they were doing yeah. letting nomura do things and you know it was terrible <laughs> i play 15 i really want to play 15 but yeah, like it was, I, I do too it was so boring and the, I, I'm not a fan of the combat either, but like yeah, just driving sure. around and like, I'm like, come on, this is not, this is not as epic or as fun. Like, like the story is cool. The combat, the, the lock on was, was bad. And like some of the areas you have to explore, like really tight little caves. And it's like, it doesn't work for the 3d combat that at least didn't work for me. It okay. started making me sick with the camera bouncing back and forth, left and right. Well, like, what the, you know, I mean, something that I want to mention about Chrono Cross that we haven't really touched on is this game has so many bosses. Yes. And they're, they're almost like puzzle boxes in a sense. Because, I mean, you can beat them. Like, you can just knock your head against the wall, like, I, like, cause it's me, where I just use attack for the most part and I use some elements. But you can really, cause the, the element system, which we haven't touched on, which is the magic system in this game, is very good. You get different spells and chests or steal from enemies or drops from enemies. And you get, to, and then they each have, like, they take up so much percentage on your board and your board is done in levels. And you, it's, it's a very cool concept that any character can be whatever you want them to be. They all have an innate element like water or, or shadow or light, for example, if we're sticking with like what those colors actually represent earth and green, but you can, they can all use different abilities. They can all use different spells. Like you can set them up however you want to approach the boss. Cause every boss will have an element. And if you hit them with their opposite element, they do, you know, do more damage, obviously. Yeah. The bosses are fantastic. Like, yeah, I love the designs, even the dragons. They could have made six identical dragons. Oh, and they the dragons are all different designs. And I, I really love how the dragons connect now to trigger, essentially. Like, the way they did in this game, they didn't, that they connect with trigger. <laughs> and I love that, because they're from Dinopolis. Yes. Yep. I, I I didn't appreciate that back in the day, but I appreciated it now in this playthrough. More than I thought we're, I would. The only thing we're neglecting to mention so far is the music. On purpose. The music's <laughs> amazing, man. That that opening theme. Oh, that opening theme I hear in my dreams. Time, is Times Square the opening theme? Yes. Okay, that is my been on my alarm clock for like over a year now. I just love that song. Like this is the soundtrack to compare all the all other soundtracks to. Yeah, I unfortunately played part of this game mute for reasons, but like well, a lot of just in areas where I'm like, I don't want to hear anything right now. There's something about this team and picking soundtracks. Just just the work. Chrono Trigger's music is beautiful. This is mm-hmm. music. I love Baton Kados' theme. Xenoblade, all all three Xenoblade or four really with with X, but all three mainline Xenoblade music is fantastic. Xenoblade two, I think, is my favorite soundtrack of all time. It like they know what they're doing and who to hire, mm-hmm. and Chrono Cross I mean, is no exception. I mean, Yasunori Mitsuda, like the, like this is the game that made him. Like Xenosaga Episode one is like such an evolution from this, even where it's all orchestrated and stuff. But the amount of stuff he achieves with this soundtrack by itself is just it's, it's really all good. Celtic, it's all acoustic, it's all like. It's very. It really embodies like the seaside tropical nature of the game. Like the art direction and the music yeah. direction are so hand in hand. But then they also throw in all the other like Chrono Trigger themes, and then you know, and it's like you play Radical Dreamers, and you're like, oh my god, so much of this is just orchestrated versions of Radical Dreamers. <laughs> yeah, which I love. I mean, I we played Radical Dreamers not too long ago, and I think that was perfect to cover that and then go into this to yes. have that perception too. Like having kids theme come back and having the battle theme. Like I think the battle theme is better than Radical Dreamers, but that's a different story. But like having all of that kind of set the the standard and like, oh, okay, this is really what they tried to do. And like it's so good. Oh my god. Like 
just like it, it, part of it has to do with the PlayStation being, you know, not able. Like it was a CD based console, but you weren't expecting like full orchestrated stuff back then. It was still kind of limited in like its MIDI tones and all that stuff. So having like songs where you could, it basically is an acoustic guitar and you can hear like the, the sliding of the neck of the guitar up and down, you know, as you're, as you're, as they're playing the song, it's just such a nice detail and something that you weren't really expecting before. And it's still impressive. Yeah. Music is so great. I mean, I, I listened to it off and on, like most of those game I played with sound, there were just parts where I, I had, to, I would mute just because, but like, I just thought it was, it's still good. I mean, to me, trigger, trigger music is better to me, but then again, Music for me is very much centered in time and place. I've noticed for some reason, mm-hmm. like it just it, if like for video game music, like I, I, I play a lot of games on this show mute. I don't care about music in games. I don't care about music as much in general, unless it's something from a particular time in my life. And this game came and went, but music's still great. Like Time Scar, I freaking love Time Scar. But that also was a song that me and my friends would play constantly and it, it stuck with me and it's, it's such a great song but like other music i mean all music's good in this game like it's it's not trigger to me because trigger has this that emotional connection but i did like it when i heard trigger music again because i could hear it like hey wait a second that's trigger <laughs> yes and the ways they put trigger into it the ways they kind of have the song switch over and all of a sudden there's a theme that you recognize or something like it's it's also emblematic of how the game works it's like you have something new and then oh there's there's the connection that you're looking yeah. for oh i, I think just, a brief thing works to concert together. Quick thing I want to mention that we didn't that I forgot to mention when this game starts off, starts off in a dream sequence, too, which puts you with a random with you, kid and a random ass character out of the many like 30 some characters you're going to unlock in this game, which I think is a really cool concept to throw you off. And then all of a sudden you're like, OK, now you're in the real game where it starts off just like Trigger. Mm-hmm. He wakes up, opens the shades. Uh, yeah. yeah, that that was that was definitely, again, changing your perspective, changing what your expectations like what's going on. But, the, but of course, always the trope of character wakes up in the beginning of the game is used so many times. I like it though. Square. It Square. works here because Chrono Trigger is like the one that people reference now. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because we, I, I, I can't say more because it, it does spoil uh, another game we talked about. But there's another oh. game that, that ties into <laughs> into that whole trope of waking up, which which down the road uh, we could definitely talk about. But the uh, with music, I was going to say a lot of it comes down to familiarity and and I, I feel like this is one of those soundtracks where once you play through and you enjoy it if you heard a song it will immediately bring you back to that area like you're just in your mm-hmm. mind like oh i remember that yeah. song. i remember that that battle like it just it has that familiar hook that square music is known for because i think square produces some of the best music period oh god yes and and it's definitely it's definitely up there in in terms of square soundtracks. It's up there among the best. But uh, you you touched on something I did want to bring up, and I was curious your thoughts because this is this is a controversial topic for a lot of people. The characters, there's so many characters. I know Final Fantasy VI. Some people says too many characters. They don't all get development. What do you guys think about having so many characters that you need to play? I think three times to recruit them all and have the entire party. They all don't get the same development. You know, it's impossible to have equal character development right. amongst that many characters. Um, but I was curious what your thoughts on were that, because that, that was a controversial thing back then. Too many. I do think it's unfortunate that there are so many because it does really cut down the amount of development that they each get. That being said, I do like this idea because it kind of comes from um, their original ideas of having almost anyone be recruitable. And that's not the way it is now, but having so many people be recruitable is such a cool idea that I like. So it's, it's become kind of split on that. Like, I like the idea that 
you can kind of invade these people's stories and kind of see these bits and pieces of their life and all of a sudden they're with you for a bit like oh what's the guy's name the the artist kid yeah, I, I i liked his oh, little, van little or story something? Beat. yeah i like his little story beats and I, I was really intrigued by the relationship with his father and kind of going to the other timeline seeing how they lived and everything i didn't use them at all but yeah it is cool how they have like they give every character a little something some you know of course obviously more but they, right. just i this is something I, I had a gripe with the game on. And I I like games with big cast of characters that you can recruit. I have no problem with that. I hate games with big cast of characters where you can only use like three people. Because <laughs> it's like everybody else is just bench. What's the point of having them? You mean like Sukaden? Yeah, Sukaden, Zevin Flame is for it. And even, even six. You know, but six at least uses those characters towards the end. You know, the, there's the several areas where you need to actually make multiple parties and you have to play through dungeons with multiple parties to help you. Like, so there it makes sense. They utilize those extra characters. Yes, they don't all get the same development, which is sad, but the majority of them do. In this, I feel the majority of them don't get much development and many of them are just sat in the sidelines. And I'm the type of gamer where, or at least with RPGs, where I'll make a party and I'm comfortable with that party and I don't like to shake it up because it works. So any new character I get, like, oh, that's great. You're in the back line. Like, this is my party. <laughs> this is what I'm going to beat the game with. And I do. I'll beat the game with whatever. Well, I got a healer. I got a tank. I got DPS, whatever. You know, and I'm good with that. And I could be missing out on some amazing combos and amazing crazy things. And that's fine. But, you know, it obviously adds replayability. But that's the kind of gamer I'm at. You know, I, I just like to, I'm, I like comfortability. I like what, what works. And I Normally feel like I'm this, like that, too. Yeah. I think Normally a lot I'm of like people are. <laughs> yeah. But I, what I like about this game, though, is that this game, by not having anyone be super important other than Surge for a while, like, you really can just explore and do whatever because nothing is tied to anybody. You know, like, yes, the star levels are one thing, but the fact the that you awful, can respec and redo anybody's, like, yeah, attack patterns aren't like, you're just like, oh, I leveled up this character for so long. I don't want, why would I want to use somebody else? It doesn't matter in this game. Because when you get somebody else, like, they already are leveled up because of the, of the star system. Sure, they might gain a little bit of extra HP, but, like, I would never pick a random character. Like, okay, now I got to go do, like, 10, you know, like, 20, you know, an hour worth of random battles to get them right. caught up. Like, they're just fine. Maybe, like, a couple of random battles on the way of wherever you're headed and they'll be ready for the boss fight. Like, it was, it was, and I think I didn't appreciate that when I was younger, but I really appreciated that now. Like, okay, you're making it so I can play this game however I want to play it with whoever I want to play it. And I'm but not at the sport. same time that dilutes them as characters. Yes. Because yes. They're just, that they're is, just, that is the trade off. They are literally just a, a graphical swap. It's like a glamor really. And if you, if you ask people like, like myself, for example, Hey, who do you remember from 20 years ago when you played this game? Who do you remember? Obviously surge, obviously kid, obviously Harl, obviously links. Those four I think the main characters anyways, and you obviously yeah. remember them. Of the rest of the characters looking through, the only one I really remember was Nikki. And I just remember because it was the two color pant legs were, were just like, what's weird? And it was just a weird thing. And that's the only character I remember out of all the characters 20 years later. I'm not saying like right after you finish the game, you'll remember those characters. But but 20 years later for only one character to even stick in my mind, I can name all the, the Final Fantasy VI characters. I remember them all. I, I went on journeys with them all. They were all different enough with their own stories. And I think that's a negative for this game. I feel like they tried to do too much yes. without enough time yeah. to develop properly. Yes. 
and like I can I can tell I can point to all those like Lena I remember because Lena is kind of the um, moral of the world in a way. But you also just played it this year. Twenty years but from I mean, now, will you remember Lena? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I also remember the shorthand of oh, like Poshul is just Ricky from Xenoblade Chronicles, basically. Yeah, that is that is where a lot of that. Well, not there's also I don't some like that but I, I love that they insist on having these like dumb characters be around and like having forty five characters hey, also gives them a lot of not dumb. <laughs> I have no idea. He's he, the, he, he is Tingle. He is Tingle, basically. He is not Tingle. He's awesome. <laughs> he is his own town hates him. Yes, his hometown hates him. His family he hates awesome. him. His yes. children don't even know him, basically. Play but, Future um, Connected. Right, I actually have played Future Connected. His children. I, there, I know there's a little bit of difference, but in the, in the basic Xenoblade, <laughs> Ricky's a loser. Okay. But he's a I, God, I need to touch that series one day. One day I'm going to. I mean, I just got to make Girl myself do it. Ricky will save the day. But anyway. It, you're right. The characters aren't as important in this game. Like, I didn't. I knew who I wanted. Like, I wanted Glenn. Like, my whole goal in this game was get Glenn, and Glenn's going to be part of my main team because I like Glenn. And then I wanted Grobick. But, but I wanted Grobick for a, a dumb reason. Sorry, cool. but, but there's also an opportunity then that the game allows you to, like, have uh, these random characters come through that are just, like, weird and, like, oh, one's, like, a basically, like, a luchador type guy. Yeah. He's a priest, also. <laughs> I, I use Greco this playthrough, actually. See, and I, I like those quote-unquote dumb characters. I like those characters that, you know, like hidden characters or bonus characters and stuff like that. I think those become memorable mm-hmm. when they're special. But when you have an entire roster and most of them are those kind of dumb characters, they again lose their specialness because yeah, I think they just fit in. It's more about what you connect with. I mean, yes, there are characters who are better than others. Like from what I was reading, like they actually have ranks of the characters of how their stats are, like. If you do the side quest for Glenn, or the or the one side quest in this game, uh, Glenn ends up becoming one of the top characters in the game, like the second most powerful character. He wasn't for me because I couldn't beat Dario, <laughs> but if you do that, he's oh enough. yeah. There's a, there's a way to beat Dario that's like are you, easy. Are you talking about the where you try to cheese him, where you do an element, you hit him with low level element, so he'll counter you? Uh, there's I tried a way that. to do it. There was a way to do it where he didn't really hurt you that much. But yeah, uh, I think that might have been it. Either it way. wasn't. Like, I was reading online. They said, like, hit him with, like, level one elements, level one spells that don't take much. So that way he'll counter with stupid spells. But I just couldn't outlast him long enough. Because when he would sure. do one of his major attacks, he would just wipe the floor with me. Like, he'd kill Clearly me. He needed to grind more. Duh. Yeah, I know. That's about <laughs> that being like, said, even if I don't remember them right away, like when I look at this list, it's like, oh, yeah, like I think the, the lot of the story does set, set it up so that, you know, any any character with a portrait, you can basically, you know, recruit at some point. So seeing yeah. characters like Karsh come up again and again, and it's like, oh, I could probably get Karsh at some point. How does that happen? And Karsh there's, is there's one an of the S level characters in this game, too, by the way. Right, and there's an element of that that makes it really cool and makes it a different kind of RPG where you're kind of wondering these other things of like, ooh, when can I recruit this person? Oh, what do I need to do to do this? What do I need to do to get Skelly back together? Oh, God, I did that. I didn't use him, but I did that. I also used Draggy for the first time. I played, I haven't played this game in years, but I never used Draggy. I love dragons. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to use the baby dragon at one point just because I wanted somebody who wasn't... I wanted Red Element, I guess, or I just wanted someone else. I'm like, I'm going to... And work perfectly. Like, I was just able to pick him up Bring them along for a little bit, then throw them off to the side, and never use them again. Yeah, and that was—I don't like that in games. Like I'm gonna—I'm with Barry. I'd rather have an RPG where I have my certain characters. 
I mean, I love six. I can't complain with six with the way six does it. But I, but it was okay. Like I grew into it. I grew into the fact that this game, like, choose whoever you want. It really doesn't matter. What do you like? And Who do you think sucks. it looks cool? You said the keywords. It doesn't matter. And that's yeah, and I think the biggest downfall to it. It was, but at the same time, I, I just picked the people I thought were cool looking, and that was my team. Like Greco, I used. <laughs> I know it's it's not, and that's not me. Like that's not normally me in a game, but that's just this game let me do that and rewarded yeah, this me. This game will let that. you do things differently and allows you to kind of break your ideas of what you want games to be, which is good and bad. I like that. You know, there is it. It forces you to kind of do other stuff. Yeah, but it doesn't feel it. it Force is a, is a strong word, but it creates an environment in which alternate ideas for playing RPGs are allowed. Now, we, we touched on the fact that there's so many characters and all that, but what we didn't touch on is the fact, and I, I mentioned it, but, but I didn't hear your thoughts on it, is that it takes like three playthroughs to be able to recruit everybody. Yeah. Now, I do let you do the fast forward stuff once you beat the game. Yeah, but, but I, is it, is that, that is your grind. <laughs> I personally don't like that fact. I mean, because there's a couple. Well, there's really one point early in this game where the game has three different paths that affect which character you get: Guile, Nikki, or Pierre. And I, I did the Guile path this playthrough, and that's really like that's where that it defines because everything else you can get. There's only one other path where you either choose to save Kid and you get a few characters, or you choose not to save Kid and then you get a few other characters. But really, I mean, it's that it's that original path that that is the one that really decides it. I pick Nikki. <laughs> the only one I remembered. I went Guile, Guile because I knew it was supposed to be Magus and it wasn't Magus, yeah. but I'm like, I'm going Guile. Also, Pierre's such a loser. I've done Pierre and I've done Nikki before in the past when I played this game. Because I've, in back in the day, I played this game a couple times, but I don't remember anything about it. But I knew I did Nikki and I knew I remember I, as a kid, I was confused. Is Nikki a guy? Is Nikki a girl? What the hell is going on yeah. here? As a kid, <laughs> I remember that. Because 13 year old Michael was like, what? <laughs> but. I just, I was like, I, you know, I just wanted Guile because it was supposed to be Magus, and I love Magus. So yeah. now the one thing about the Pierre's route that I do want to see that I'm not yet is that um, there's salt and pepper, of course, and ketchup. Then, yes, with Pierre you get ketchup, <laughs> which I have not seen before. Yeah, he's a he's a boss you only fight if you go that path. Right, and I really, really like to see that at some point because, like, kind of like um, Biggs and Wedge in Final Fantasy, salt and pepper just kind of like. These two dudes who show up every once in a while and are kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. They show up a lot more than I thought they would. Yeah, because I fought them a couple times. Because there's a there are side quests to the game. There's not like they're not like deep side quests, but they're like, oh, go to this place with this character and you'll get their level three tech. There was a lot of stuff right. like that, and I did I did all the ones the characters I had just because I'm like, why not? I'm never gonna play this game again probably, and I might get an Steve achievement, so I don't care about. So why not? That was my thought pattern. <laughs> You'll replay this for episode 2000, I'm sure. Episode <laughs> <laughs> 2000, oh man. <laughs> that would be a recovered episode, sir. But yeah, we'll, yeah. Uh, you never, hey, with this show, you never freaking know. I mean, <laughs> again, I just need to really emphasize, like, the fact that this game is out again is so nice. And, like, I played this in the Steam Deck, and God, it was nice. Like, it was so nice yeah. to pick it up, do a couple battles sometimes, do a little bit of story, oh, put, put it in sleep mode, and put it down. Yes, I know you can do it with the Switch, too, but you can't play ROMs on the Switch, so. Not like I could do here, <laughs> but it's yeah, I'm just, very curious what the what they'll put out next because I know Live Alive also came out recently. Oh, live Alive is great. I need to, live to live Live Alive. Better. I need to buy that, but I just I don't like Switch that much, and I don't like paying what? six dollars for a game. What? I'm not a Switch I need fan. To buy it as well. I 
I don't know why. Like, if they put it, okay, if they released it on Steam, which I know they're not going to, if they did, I would buy it. I think Nintendo published it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my issue with it. I was going to get live a lot of then I got. I don't like Nintendo. What? Why? <laughs> Pricing. I don't like it that their games never go lower in price. Because they don't need to. They keep selling. If you sold 32 million units and you're still selling, why would you lower the price? You only put because things on you sale make for the... this random guy named Mike who has a podcast yeah. happy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very fair. fair. No, I, I no, I, I completely understand the business standpoint. Like they're doing the thing that makes sense for them because it makes money. I get it, but I don't like it because I'm a cheap gamer and I love buying tons and so, tons. So of games. you would you would rather live alive, never get an HD 2D port at no, all? No, I'm happy it exists because just, Nintendo paid to have it happen. No, I know. I'm glad it exists. I'm really happy they made it. I'm just I'm not going to end up probably buying it. Oh, but that's out. not. You know what? I might. I I, so I probably you will. I just have. when I find it for thirty on sale you know someday. What? Play play the demo because the demo carries over and see how you like the demo because the well, demo. I played the original you, game. I love well, the original game. Demo lets you play three of the uh, at least the start of three of the. I mean, I know I'll love it because I love the SNES version of it, which I covered on the show, which and nobody listened to. But <laughs> like, I I mean, I'm a big fan of the of the game. I just at some point, I I don't I can't buy games for full oh, price. Right. I'm going to buy Live Alive today because of this conversation. You should. It's a good. really good RPG, and I am going to cover it at some point, the Switch version, because I covered the SNES version, but I want, now that the Switch is out, it's like, so per, I want to It's like it's a recovered for you. And it would actually be, a, I think it's a, a different enough game, and I might just call it in our episode. So we'll see. Like, I, I got Diofield Chronicles instead, which no one's talking about. I, I have it. I just don't, I'm not a big real-time strategy fan like not real time strategy i like turn like uh yeah rt uh well as strategy yeah. rpg that's it like, I'm well, not the disappointing thing the disappointing thing is how square just drops games constantly that like it, it, it's like where are these games coming from that you're not talking about them they they just did various day life which came from app arcade is now on switch and is getting an right. asian english the uh dio field just came out star ocean which is fantastic that i'm playing now just came out you've got Elysium. Uh, you got fact yeah you've got harvestella that- N- yeah. next week you've got cr- uh, crisis core you know in a month like god i keep forgetting games. that's coming out <laughs> like, so, like I games dropped and like they're not talking about them they're just like no. expecting people to just buy them i guess yeah just, i kicked myself for crisis core because like, i should have remembering that luckily elysium's coming out yep. that game's not going to sell that one just that one just came out too like square is releasing like <laughs> eight games in the span of like two and a half months and like it it's like it's almost as bad as the when they would just do the random bad game every year that they used to do. Like one year it would be Balan Wonder World, and one year it'd be the uh, I really want to play Left Wonder Wonderland. I do want to play it, but it's terrible. It's terrible. I know, but that's why I want to play it. But like they do like Left Alive one year, and that's like the front mission front spinoff mission. with uh, uh, Yoji Shikawa card. I keep meaning to buy that on Steam, but it's nine dollars. Uh, I want it to be five. It's not even worth five. I know that's why I want it to be five because at least I'll feel less bad. Like. Uh, like, I'm interested in Diofield Chronicle because it's made by Land Kars, who did the Etri Odyssey series and Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey. But, like, it just it's disappoints me that they don't talk about it. Like, we're not oh, talking about Chrono Cross right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I noticed that, too, but wait, that's fine. Wait, it's, it's an offshoot because it's still Square. It's still the same, you know, company. Yeah. But, the, but it's true. Square, Square, and that's just it. Like, Square is gone... I feel like they're overcompensating, right? Like, like the Super Nintendo era, they had a lot of games, and the PlayStation yeah. era, they had a lot of games, and then they slowed down with the PS2 era and the yeah. PS3 era, and the yeah. and the PS4 really the PS3 started era. to to come out. But like, since this, ever since the Switch came out, it's like Square's like, 
let's do everything. Like almost everything goes to the Switch, which we need the Final Fantasy uh, Pixel Remasters to go. I don't know why they're not there. It's stupid. I, mean, I can play uh, them on my Switch. On my version of the Switch, you can play the the Steam version on your Steam Deck. <laughs> yes, but it should be on. Con- There's no reason those. It games should be. Games. No, I 100% agree with you. I just <laughs> I can't get over how much. Like I just again the Steam. I mean the Steam Deck made this episode for me really possible because I was able to play yeah. this game wherever I wanted to because I like I, I I know I said earlier in the show I beat this game in a week which is not the way to play Chrono Cross by the way do not no, play this game no. in a week it's not played in three weeks and do didn't do 50 hours instead oh god playing this in a freaking week was I'm impressed that I was able to finish this game in I actually finished this game on Thursday Jesus man. before the episode we record on Sundays like I was impressed that I was able to finish this game when that, I that did. is beyond impressive I I honestly hate crunches which is i'm actually doing a crunch now because there's like 100 games coming out in the two weeks that i want to play and i'm trying to play <laughs> through them. i'm doing star ocean now like I'm, I'm trying to get through it like live alive i did in a week i did a chapter a day but that game's not that long no but it's like i felt That's like so that good. pressure because i had a, i did that because i came out right before xenoblade 3 and i'm like i need to do this before xenoblade 3 drops because when xenoblade 3 i'm like that i'm just playing that game and that one took me like over a hundred hours, and I gladly played over a hundred hours of that one. That one's just worth it. <laughs> but uh, Chrono Cross, I don't think I could do in a week. I, I no, just... I mean it's also nice that it's not a hundred hour super. Like this, really, this game, like I did pretty much everything but beat one optional boss. And how long did it I, take you? Impressive. Twenty hours. And Twenty, 20 hours. hours to do that. Twenty hours. Oh, yeah. Okay. It didn't take long. I mean, there's not in one playthrough. This game is not super long. Like, I mean, and I yeah, I played a fast forward though. I did, yes, I had a guide. But, like, still, I mean, I played many games for the show, and some games, even with a guide, can take forever just because of how much grinding or how long a game is. And since this game right. has no grinding, if you just use a guide and know what to do, you can just blow through it. And I and I had yes. a great time. But, see, I, I mean, as long as you had a good time, like, I, I hate blowing through games. <laughs> like, like I don't, I'm not saying they do 100%, but, like, like I just hate even. Doing, I do it all the time. I do it to myself. I'm, you know, I just hate doing it. <laughs> I mean, before this podcast, I, I I started a list a few years before the podcast started where I always keep track of every game I beat in a year. And I just even I just always played through games quickly just how because I buy so many cheap games that I was always like, I want to beat this quick. So I can get on my next game. Like so I can experience as many games I possibly can experience is my whole like life plan, apparently, at this point. And the podcast makes that easier. But like that just became that was my way of life even before this. So. The whole grind, I just, I love the grind of it. I don't recommend it. But yeah, so I mean, I, I get it. Like at one time I would have been that way, same way, but nowadays I'm like, no, I want to beat a game quick. I want to experience the game. I try to do as much as I can that isn't too grindy, but mainly I just go for the main games in most games. Chrono Cross, I, I, I try to experience everything Chrono Cross I could. I just could not beat Dario for the life of me. But are you compelled now to play through it again and do a different path to get different characters? No, not at all. I Okay, yeah. I thought about it. I started a new game plus on my Steam Deck, and then I went, I don't want to play this again, and I put it down. That's, that's how I felt, because like, I, I toyed around with the Switch version, but I'm like, I don't really want to, like, go deep into this again right now, because sometimes I will. Like, sometimes, like, uh, when I did Persona Q, and like, oh, it's Persona Q, so it's Persona 3 and 4, technically, you can play as the characters of each. I'm going to do both. I'm going to be crazy and do both. I like or, it. like, when I do Wolfenstein, The New Order, I got to play all the timelines. It depends on the game. I mean... But yeah, it does depend. I just couldn't. I mean, I enjoyed Chrono Cross, but I, I didn't enjoy it enough to want to go through it again. Maybe if I had time, like if I didn't have a podcast and I could just leisurely play, maybe then. But also one thing also, I, I do, re- I really want to stress about this game that we hadn't talked about with the Radical Dreamers. Mm-hmm. They released it at 20 bucks, which was perfect. 
I don't think they did a physical release in this country, did they? Not no, much. that was like forty dollars for Play Asia. Yeah, they did right. the Asian yeah. English release, but it's and everyone's still... importing it. Yeah, because it's because people want the physical because when you know the shop eventually dies, which it will, Nintendo and Sony right. both shut down shop, then the game is lost. Um, so this which is way crazy. It's they, observed. they just don't release it anyway at this point. Here's here's why, and I'll tell you why. The minimums in America for for Switch are five thousand units, which which this game will easily sell five thousand. But the minimums over in Asia are smaller, and is a smaller population. So if they were to to appease the American market, getting into Best Buys and Amazon and WalMarts and et cetera, they would probably have to print you know a couple hundred thousand carts. Where yes. you know Southeast Asia, which is its own smaller region, they could probably get away with five to ten thousand. So they printed in Southeast Asia only because they only have to print five to ten thousand. Right. That takes care of that entire market, and they know Americans are going to import it. And if America, enough Americans import it that they sell out, they only print another thousand or two. They don't have to do that hundred thousand investment on a game they don't have as much confidence in. Which is why Square has a ton, a ton of Asian English physicals only there, like Romancing Saga two and three. Uh, the new Romancing Saga remake is getting one too. Various Daylife just got announced for Asian English. Chrono Cross, um, Dragon Quest one, two, and three triple pack is Asian English. Uh, Final Fantasy seven and eight got an a- European and an Asian English. Final Fantasy nine got Asian English. So there's there's tons of them. Even Final Fantasy ten, uh, which is a weird thing where they did ten and ten two in America. We got that, but ten two is a download code. It's really only ten as a physical. Oh, that's shitty. Yes, but Bandai, I never knew that because I own multiple copies of that physical. <laughs> oh no, no, only the Switch version. The, oh, okay. The PlayStation versions, it's it's full, but the Switch version was a download code. However, Bandai Namco also released that game in Asian English for whatever reason. Bandai Namco did it, where Final Fantasy X and X two were on the cart. So if you import that version, you get them both complete on the Switch. It's so weird. Like the the collecting is now weird. is just bizarre <laughs> with Square. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not a collector anymore. Like I just, I just buy everything on Steam, and I, I used to be a big time, but now I'm all digital. Oh, oh, poison! No, I know, and and you're the perfect guy to be talking about this because you are part of a company that publishes, you know, niche games or digital only games physically for people. Yeah. Oh, are you? What do you work for? I didn't know this. Yeah, I forgot to have like because I completely forgot. I work with uh, Premium Edition Games. That's fun. So we do physical uh, releases of digital-only titles for the Switch and the PlayStation. Uh, That's cool. And, and there's a lot of titles that don't get that treatment. That yes. And a lot of people don't know about these games because the, the, the Steam store is just like the Nintendo eShop or the, or the PS store, where it's just like yes. there's a thousand games every week and things just get swallowed. So we get to bring attention. Like we have two games out right now, Love 3 and Eagle Island Twist, that are on pre-order from ScreenWave, who does things like with the Angry Video Game Nerd. And next month we have Raji and they bleed pixels coming out. And like, those are like people who have like, I've never even heard of these games, watch these trailers and go, Oh my God, I didn't know these games existed. I want to play these games now. I'm like, yeah, that's why we do this. (laughs) And since we talked, you actually got me to buy one of your games, not physical, of course, but I bought robot name fight on steam. Oh, it's such a good game. I haven't played it yet, but I got it. I'm like one, I'm like one day I'm going to, I'm going to boot this up because of you. I, I bought Oh, good. I'm glad. I hope you enjoy it. I we, think I mean, who's like, uh, like my, my bag for so long when I was did a blog was like the 3DS. And so it's like, oh, I'll hear something. Like, oh, fragrant story. I'm going to buy yep. that. A terrible game. Super <laughs> I don't care, but I have, I, it. I have it. I have it too. I have the 3DS set. So I had to buy That's it. That's impressive, sir. It's, uh, the 3DS is such a good system. 
yeah. I I did not play enough 3DS, and it's one of my regrets. Etchy and Odyssey is such a good I mean, series. Not a big regret, but it's a, it's a regret. Covering a 3DS in like 2018, 2019 was such a wild time. Because, like, yeah. there's so few games coming up, but they were all bangers, pretty much. Like, Yokai Watch 3 is so good. And then we never get Yokai Watch 4. Like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> or Yokai Watch Blasters 2. But, like, Yokai Watch 3 now is like two or three hundred dollars uh, for yep. cart. And it's like, that game was so good, it did not deserve to be set out to die like it was. I need to get into 3DS. I keep telling myself that one day I want to hack a 3DS because it doesn't sound that hard, so I could then play all old 3DS games that I never got around to. Well, the eShop is about to go down, so. Yeah. It's coming. I, I'm, I'm, this stuff like that I don't like to do until everything is completely dead to where you can no longer yeah. buy it, it no longer exists. Then I'm comfortable going down that road. Because if it's still viable, I'm not, I, right. I feel wrong, so I, I wait. Like, that's just how I am personally. I don't want to pirate stuff that I can buy. If I can buy it, I'll buy it. Like Steam, like I'll buy a game, then play the emulation just because. Like I originally bought this. Like my plan was to buy this and then play the the ROM, but the Radical Dreamer edition was just so awesome because I could fast forward everything and I and it was so easy to play. I was like, fuck it, I'll play this. <laughs> but I kind of, I want to support where I can, even if I want, because I want save yeah. state. Well, that's the thing is that when you support, you're supporting the developers. Like like we tell yeah. people. You know, if you like a game like Robot Name Fight, for example, if you buy our version, uh, the developer actually makes more money than the digital yeah, version. Yeah, but I don't so want you're it. helping them more. I don't want it. Plus, there's no you don't have a physical version that will fit in my Steam Deck, sir. So no, I do not. We do not. <laughs> physical. There are no physicals that fit in the Steam Deck. I know <laughs> that it doesn't just, exist. Sir. <laughs> I have a Switch. I have a Switch Lite upstairs, actually, above me with my wife's. But I just. Because that was my original plan before I, I was originally going to play this. I was going to buy this on Switch and then I bought the Steam version and then I got a Steam Deck. But like, I feel like also playing this game handheld, this is a great game to play handheld from across because it, it it's bit like, you know, you can put it to sleep. It's kind of kind of game where you could, you know, play a little bit, put it down, play a little bit more, put it down because the areas, none of the areas feel super long either. Yeah. And the game is constantly moving from point to point. I can see that. I don't know. I loved it handheld. I love playing it. Pick it up, play for 20 minutes, play for 10 minutes, do a couple battles, do a boss fight, turn it off, you know, put it in sleep mode, put it down, pick it back up, play a little bit more, finish an area, do a few fights. Like it, it worked perfectly for that for me on a personal level. I, I can see that because there's a lot of games, I think, that cater to that portability, especially of that era, the, the, the PS1 and 64 era, where you, uh, with the ability to save anywhere, now, Chrono Cross obviously has the save points, which doesn't help as much, but it just, I feel more people, as you get older, can play more comfortably with it being portable. Yeah, because you'll have lives. Yeah, and gets, life gets busy as hell, unfortunately. Life gets busy. You know, I, I, I know people who are like, I'm a diehard PlayStation and Xbox guy, and then they have kids, and they're like, now I can't play anything but the Switch because I need portability. And I'm in, I'm in, introduced to a whole new library of games, and now they're addicted. Now, and then the kids are like, "Oh, my kids are old enough now; I can play docked and all that stuff." And I'm still playing Switch. Like, <laughs> just got the answer is to not have children. Oh. <laughs> well, yes, kids. That, that's my one bane about children. It's like it takes away from my game playing time. Like, no, it changes your life completely in in good ways and bad ways. But yes, I have a 15 year old that doesn't live with me. But like, it's that same idea of like. I mean, yeah, it, it changed your life so much. It's wonderful, it but it does change your life in ways that is not pleasant. Always, so. It's not. It is good and bad. The good yeah. outweigh the bad, but there is some bad, unfortunately. Just like anything, There's, everything has you know consequences. Or I always make the joke in my life where people like because I uh, you know like if you lost your legs, what would you do? I'd be like, well, I would just play a lot of video games. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's what I do anyway. So if I'm stuck in a chair, like, yeah, I mean, I would have I, an excuse to not go out even more so than I do now. Yeah. Like it'd be I'm like, okay, in my job, I, I work from home now and I, I'm, I'm a guy over the, over the phone. I'm like, I would just keep this job and I could do it. I don't want to lose my legs, but if I did, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I could at least still do things I love. It's one of those things where you don't appreciate you ha- what you have until it's gone kind of yeah. deal as well. Like you don't appreciate your free time when you're a kid and nearly as much until no. you get into the workforce and you have kids and family and you're like, oh man, I remember the days when I could just wake up and I could play video games and I had nothing to do for the whole day. And now it's like, I have all this responsibility. And like, uh-huh. that's, when I, that's when I did Chrono Cross. Like that brings me back to one of those times. Cause like I said, it was a Christmas break uh, from college and I didn't, you know, I wasn't working at the time. So I, I literally got to just sit there and play all, nice. you know, until I finished and it was great. And it just, it, this is one of those games that brings me back to better, to better times. <laughs> and uh, it's true. It's like, you know, it's, it's something special. That era was just a very special era for me. And, and this is one of those games that touches on it. I'm glad. Oh, no. One thing I want to talk about this game that we haven't talked about yet. Summons. This game has summons, which I never used because I didn't care. But it has. I, I, no, I, I tried to use the monster like uh, summoning one, I guess, a little bit. But mm. you have to do you have to make the whole, you have to do three spells of the same element in order to then cast a summon spell. Oh, I've just, yeah, okay, that field. So there's a whole field effect right. where I didn't really use it. I would just alter it so that the enemy never had the same full field effect that whatever their color was for their element, because I didn't want them to have any advantage over me. Mm-hmm. But that was all I ever did with it. I never really cared personally otherwise. Just wasn't Honestly, I don't think I ever used a summon. You don't have to. The only point... Okay, <laughs> this is the part, one of my irritations with the game, but I don't know if you guys noticed this or ran into it. Okay, did you notice like that like the best equipment in this game is called the rainbow equipment? Yeah. And in order to get that you need shiny sand, shiny this, shiny that. Well the only way to get the shiny stuff is you have to kill enemies with summon. Hmm. So the that's the only reason you need to use summons is you're is you're supposed to go to certain areas in this game, get the innate element to a color, cast a summon, and then all the enemies you kill with the summon will then turn into a, a type of element a type of item that you need to then make the best equipment in the game. Sounds like a lot of work. That's not. It is. I didn't do it. Uh, You also have to get rainbow rainbow shell pieces, which you only get them here and there. And those are all in keys or all in treasure chests or random place. You just got to click a somewhere like there's one in the first town in the town. Arnie Villa town you start with. There's one in the first salesman cart. You have to check her cart after she leaves later on when you go back to that town at the end of the game. And there's just a rainbow shell there, which I remembered as a kid. The guy told me to press that button. And I pressed that button multiple times, and all of a sudden I did it. And like, oh, there it is. My memory was right. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of really cool hidden stuff that you can just find as well. Okay. Like trying to get to oh, was it, was it Karsha's chest? I think in the in the mansion. Yes. Where he's like, no, don't go in there. No, seriously, don't go in there. Don't go in there. And you just have to keep being like, I want to. And, and there's Zoa's like, chest that you have to come back with Zoa to open it, and you get Zoa's yeah. last tech ability. Or like getting the Hecran bone in the in the beginning village to get Poshul, or um, there's that, that that one like hole or barrel in the bar that you just got to keep checking as well. Yeah, <laughs> and then it opens up and the guy gives you something. Yeah, and I love the fact it's a Hecran bone that you need because Hecran is one of the bosses in Chrono Trigger that you fight in a thousand AD, so that made me happy. Hecran is also on the cover of Chrono Trigger for no reason, but hey. <laughs> but you know so that those are things that made me smile this playthrough a lot he's, he's in the animated cutscene too like for the opening for chrono trigger isn't he the playstation one mm, I, I thought remember. he was he's a stupid he's one ball i mean 
<laughs> I don't know, but no, I'm trying to think anything else that we should mention. Oh, like you can also like choose to save kid or, or let kid die. You you have a lot of things where you have to go to the alternate world and bring your characters to meet them other to meet them other selves from the different world. Even though now that we played through this game, I really gotta say another world is a true world and home world should be another world, but neither here nor there. Yeah. The time. Well that's that's true. But, but yeah. you're, you're coming at it from an objective perspective when the whole yes. game is about not doing that. Yeah. I know. But that that also <laughs> makes it more like more like an eye opener because like the whole time you're playing it from Serge's perspective. So the home world is the true world. Yes. And then to find out that you've been living in a lie world is that much cooler because it's like, hey, everything you know is wrong. <laughs> and I, I love that. I love that. Again, that's that's how pull the wool out from under, you know, and uh, I do, too. I, yeah. I really like places that this game went in this yes. playthrough. I, I like the fact that every, the whole villain Lynx is actually being controlled by a freaking computer. Isn't Lynx also your father? Like, yes. Your father got possessed by fate. Like that whole thing. It's like it's your father literally who killed you and then trying to kill you again, but then take your body so that he, you know, he, you because know. It's like what the heck? And the whole idea is that they just happened to arrive at the island in the 10 minute and when the computer system shut down. Yeah, that was like the circumstance. Literally fate. It was fate. See? <laughs> yes. Which, you know, and this all this talks kind of gives like a, a premonition or like a preclusion to Final Fantasy X's storyline in a way. Yeah, yeah kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> fate, sin, it's all related, connected. And I love the fact that you constantly have, you know, them saying stuff like they keep saying, oh, well, fate did this. Fate, fate, F-A-T-E, all mm-hmm. on capital. I'm like, why do you keep saying fate in capitals, guys? Like, I'm like, oh, that's why. Because <laughs> it's a computer. It's really good. And I love the fact that fate is mother brain from Chrono Trigger, too. Like, they, you know, the the evil computer that tried to kill you and kill all the humans is the idiots put it in charge again because they didn't know because in their time that didn't happen. It's It's, cool. It's, yeah. There's so many cool references. That's the four-dimensional chess. This game works. And, I mean, like we said a little bit earlier, yes, you have a lot of characters that a lot of them seem useless and you don't get in touch. But it's fine that they're, like, I mean, I love Sukaden as a series for one. And I was I was fine with the aspect of just random ass characters that are just there. Didn't bother me. But I mean, would have like you know more good characters, but it's fine. Not that type of game. <laughs> well, that, that's the problem is when you have you have forty characters to do. You know, you're you're gonna have some really good ones, but eventually those ideas start to get let's get crazy and let's make some one just to fill the quota. You get you get lesser characters. So I should ask, what was everybody's favorite character oh. in this game besides Surge or Kid or any of the main ones? Like you know, not besides those two or Links or Harl. Um, for me. Glenn, because I have a really soft spot for Frog Glenn in Chrono Trigger. I just I always have and I always will because that game just means so much to me. And the fact that he has the same name and looks. Yeah, I was I was suckered in. Oh, what about you, Dominic? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I always I, I always <laughs> I thought Van's storyline was interesting. He's not the best character in the world, but I liked Van. I liked the um the complicated subplot with like the captain and the mermaids. Fargo, yeah, that was good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I mean, I also want to say like Guile, but I feel like that's one of the main characters. So, I, yeah, I like the idea really. that I like the idea that Guile is Magus and that like he's secretly like the main character <laughs> of, of like of like the meta story, right? Of, like, yeah, he's there in Radical Dreamers. He's there in Chrono Trigger. He's there in Chrono Cross. Basically, I guess we should talk about probably just like the the moment it all comes together at the orphanage too, since we're we should yeah kind of wrapping. We That's are. the moment where it all <laughs> finally is like, oh, they are going hard on a Chrono Trigger shit. And it's a flashback to Kid as a child and talking about her adoption by Luca and how, you know, 
the orphanage that Luca starts is set on fire and Luca dies. And you get to play the sequence of like saving the children that are there and saving a kid as I, a child. I never have, but I know you can. You didn't play that part? I no, because you have to be Dario for that part. Really? I forgot about that. And I couldn't be Dario. Ah. Because I just such a wasn't. Good moment. I know. I, I saw it in my cutscene or my, you know, looking at my guide. I'm like, damn it, yeah. I want to do this. I've never done it. Because I, I thought as a kid I beat Dario too, but I realized as a kid I never I never beaten Dario. It's because a whole huge flashback sequence, and it's so uh, connected. It's really emotional because it's like because it's like the moment where everything is like coming together, and you're you're in the Chrono Trigger world again. I and, know, and I I wanted to do that so bad, I just couldn't. Because mm-hmm. well, the trick to beating Dario is you have to steal a rare item from one boss, the Black Dragon. And you have Fargo, and you're supposed to. What you're what the guy told me to do, which I ignored them, is try to steal the fight when the fight starts. If you fail, run away. Try again, fail, run away. And that's what and I'm like, I don't care about the black plate. Well, it turned out I did because that's how you beat Dario, essentially, because then he can't kill you. Oh, a nice thing to notice about this game, too, is that you can run away from any fight. Yeah, that's so weird. It is weird. You can run away from boss fights, everything. I'm like, this this doesn't make sense to me. Sorry, you were saying, Dominic, more about the orphanage. <laughs> but then it's like the, then you have to go back in time as Surge, and then like you have the emotional moment where it's like, oh, that's how Kid and Surge met. Technically, is that you saved her as a child, and that's why she remembers you kind of in in a, in a yeah. broad way. Like she doesn't know who you are exactly, but you are familiar, right? And it's it's a really cool moment, and then it kind of like because then you get to see all the little little things that they do, like uh, like Kid making artwork of Chrono and Luca and everybody. You get to see it like kind of plastered around the place. And then like that kind of then ties into that. It's like the emotional like level you need to be then to like, kind of get back into like the Shala stuff of like Shala kind of being this footnote of Chrono Trigger. Like, oh, yeah, what happened to her? And now that she's like the main driving force of like trying to control it's like fate or whatever. And like having Shala as part of that and having that be like the final sequence of fighting basically Shala is such a like that. That emotional stuff is really what ties back in. And makes yeah. it such an impactful ending. And it was the D, the Chrono Trigger DS version that added the time to they don't call them the time to they call them something else. But they added that boss fight in the end of Chrono Trigger. that You have to beat the game the second time to get that in New Game Plus. Right. And I love the fact that they did tie that in because it makes this matter more to me now. And the, the, the final boss of, of Cross is such is a weird so how rhythm did, game, basically. <laughs> how did you? OK, so you beat it the, the correct way, because like, I did I both just, ways. Okay, I didn't. I only did the. There's one way where you have to cast certain spells in a certain order. Hope he doesn't get a turn and cast a spell and mess with your order, and then cast the Chrono Cross element, which then just automatically kills him. Right, like that's the true ending. Yes, you can also just beat him, which is what I did as a kid. Yeah, but doing like you have to basically do the 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 musical notation of uh, the song Life. I think it is, and you got to just because each of the elements are then are given to you as like a representation of like a music note. Oh, it, yes. OK, that's cool. I didn't I didn't because I just followed what the guy told me to do. I didn't know it was actually yeah. like what it was a reference to or what. It, that it, OK, that is really cool because there's that crystalline sound that happens. And then you got to like just kind of know that red is this and, uh, you know, water is this and then do the notation and, and just keep trying until you can successfully trigger it. See if you sing if you can kind of use the enemy's spells to your advantage, too, because if done right, they will also kind of help you. Okay. There's there's a good chance that their spell will fit into what you're trying to do, and then once you do the notation correctly, the game just ends. Basically, you just cast Chrono Cross, and that's it. Which I, I like that. I'm I'm okay because the real final boss. Well, if you do it that way, the boss before 
the Time Devourer, which is the one that's been kind of, which is the dragons all all form into one big giant monster, which is from Dinoopolis, which is the city that Azala would have had had Lavos not came because then the dinosaurs wouldn't have lost, which I, I love that idea too, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you find out that Harl is actually a dragon in disguise that they mm-hmm. created to, you know, <laughs> luring you on like, oh, you got to go here and stop fate and finding out that stopping fate for the frozen flame, which is part of Lavos is all part of stopping essentially get in so they can take over. I yeah. love the fact. I love how you're being purposely pushed through by people you just don't know about this entire game and everybody's just using you. Oh, yeah, also, yeah. And, yeah. Like they, and, they, and they do a similar thing to um, Final Fantasy VII, too, where you're kind of in that other realm for a while and Harl's kind of taking her place as kind of a guide for you. You know, kind of like her walking on the walls and kind of telling you about, like, choosing paths and all that stuff. I really like Harl. She's a really cool character. I was I was bummed because I had forgotten all about the story. They're like Seven Dragon. I'm like, why can't where'd Harl go? I'm like, oh, that's where Harl. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had forgotten all of that, and I I really liked that fight. I liked the Time Devourer. I I thought all that was really good. Terra Tower reminded me a lot of Omega. Um, God, what the hell? Oh, is it? It's just called Omega, right? That giant ship, Black Omega. The Black Omen. Black Omen. I don't know why the hell my brain just could not remember it just now. Thank you, sir. Yes, yeah. it reminded me of Black Omen a lot because you fought. A bunch of different bosses and it was really good i really like the terror tower and the ending leading up to this game and i really enjoyed the final fights and everything with scala and i enjoyed the fact that you essentially reset time save scala which was missing from chrono trigger because of what happened to her and you essentially you know and then like there's a picture in the ending too where surge and kid are married which i didn't catch yeah. it until someone pointed out to me but that was really when i i think that's really cool that essentially supposed to be idea what happened is that they got married and mm-hmm. she came back and she found him like you said she would, and they got married. So I, I like it. like that it kind of parallels Chrono Trigger's ending too. Chrono and yeah. Marl getting married. Now they die five is, months later. Do they do they <laughs> surgeon kid die five months later? Maybe. God, I fucking hate that. Pisses me off. Do, if they ever do a Chrono Break, you know, maybe they'll explore that. Chrono break. We're never getting Chrono Break though. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, they let that freaking. IP that that trademark run out God, it makes me so mad. I want a Chrono Break so bad too. I, I always mean, like, I, like as a kid or you know young teenager. I would I went after Chrono Cross and after I played it, I was like, oh, they should make a third game. And my idea was always a game called like Chrono Quest, where you have brand new protagonists wind up going back in time and crossing worlds and joining forces with both Chrono and Surge and like the respective main characters and like do like some kind of like bring everything together. I'm okay with like, that. Oh, no, go like, apply. That would for be square. really cool. <laughs> yeah. and go and work your way out the company real fast that would be I, cool like oh man just because like that then again that's always the fan service thing right it's like oh bring everyone right. back and like but sometimes fan service is just needed and i think i think that's what brings a lot of people I mean, look what happened with avengers endgame look at spider-man on uh, no way home like sometimes it just works and it just mm-hmm. you need to see it as long as it's not overused so people like force awakens and uh, rise of skywalker yeah that's why i liked it yeah. They do the thing that people just want, and they don't he care about actually advancing the, the story. Or uh... <laughs> see, now that we've covered Trigger and Cross on the show and Radical Dreamers, the only next thing for me to cover is Flames of Eternity around Trigger or Crimson Echo, whatever the hell the the we can, we the ROM that mobile game that mobile game Another Eden where they do the Chrono Cross crossover. Uh, I wow. I just I tried. I've downloaded that before, and I've had the intention that I was going to play it, but that's never happened yet. Now, do you think we're going to get a Chrono Trigger DS? like remake port like you know like like this on modern i wish we did because that ds port is the best version of that game 
Well, the problem is that they have the PC port, I think, already on Steam and stuff. Then that was kind of a mess. Yeah, but I mean, do it properly for consoles. Uh, they're doing everything else. Yeah, but they're weird with... Look Look how many mana games have now come over, right? The collection of mana with the first three, they remade yeah. Trials, they remade Seeker, Secret, and then they did Legend of Mana is now there. Another, another Asian-English release as well. <laughs> I'm curious what else they're going to localize still, because they could do a lot. They're doing all the Saga games, it looks like, now at this point. Yeah, I do want to buy the Saga Frontier. Lagoon or something. Yeah, Mumble really... Lagoon would be nice. Treasure of Rudrops is the one that I really want, because that was a Square RPG I really liked for Nintendo that I, I have a mm-hmm. ROM but I've never finished, and I think it should be out there for other people. I think well, they all doing, should be out there. They're doing Dragon Quest three HD 2D. So. Yeah. I mean, and Dragon Quest Ten offline. I want them to bring that over. Yeah, that'd be cool. Offline. I don't need the because they should version. do Final Fantasy XI offline as well. Was speaking of that, they were they were gonna do that with mobile, but then they died. But I would love to see Final Fantasy XI offline. Final Fantasy XI has an amazing story that so few people have played. Yeah, I played some of it, but I have a real hatred for that game. But that's personal. <laughs> see, and I have a real love relationship for that game because I've met so personal. many great friends that that I'm still friends with today, and I met my wife playing that game. So for, cool. it'll forever be my favorite game because of that. No, it makes sense. I mean. For me, it was just it sucked so much of my time away. <laughs> it's also oh, yes. how my girlfriend at the time when I was in, uh, when I was uh, like 20 met her future husband that she then divorced eight years later. Uh, but, uh, so why we, we were together, met him. I'm, and so I, I have a bit of a of an anger see, towards that I, game. I mean, you know, I don't understand. like my life worked out for the best because of all that. But it's just funny because it's like I just plus it just wasted so much time I spent in that game doing nothing, trying to. You mean Suck you didn't up. enjoy sitting in your mug house watching your mug spin while you had your party flag up, hoping someone would send you a tell to invite you to a party so no. you could get some experience? And then you run all the way there and the party disbands or something? Yeah, I don't After miss like that. two battles. All right. Sorry, guys. I got to go. Well, I guess we should call it quits. But I just got here. Sorry. Party disband. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, never again. But That's I mean, it's a good game. You know, they're they're releasing a lot of these games again, and thankfully, you know, Nintendo is still doing well with the Switch, that they're also releasing a lot of older stuff again, like Fail Frame, the one that was yeah. ever released here, is finally oh. coming to oh, Switch. Yeah. That's I not Nintendo that. necessarily, but... Well, it, it kind of is, because Nintendo owns the IP, and they're allowing Tecmo to bring it to every system, too. That's oh, cool. that's cool. But, like, you know, I'm, now I'm looking at other games I would love to come out, like Monolith Soft has a whole history of games that never saw a proper release over here. Like uh, Stonebringer. Disaster Crisis. Disaster Day of Crisis is my favorite Wii game. I will talk about the game endlessly. I imported it. I love it. Yeah, I want that over here. But like, you know, Soma Ringer, uh, there was a Mistwalker game, Ash for DS that should come out. Z- Xenosaga 1 and 2 on DS. Oh, I tried what? to import that and play that as well. It's a it's yeah. a 2D remake. Yeah, they've remade the first two Xenosaga games. Is it DS. English? No, no, Japanese. Did, they, did fan translate the wrong? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, you have my attention, sir. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a cool little thing because it came out before Xenosaga Three did. Yeah, one of those things that's just out there that I wish we could play. I wish that we had the ability to kind of do this other stuff. Well, that's Same. that's really where this generation like is going. Like, the, it's what's old is new, and they're bringing a lot of stuff back. Yeah. Even with even with like the the Nintendo Online, the Switch Online stuff, like the N sixty four, they brought Sin and Punishment over, and they the Super Nintendo has a bunch of Super Famicom games on it that never came over and the nes has some famicom games as well that we're I getting mean, punishment's been around since uh the we the uh yeah yeah eShop, yeah but what i'm saying is they they brought it back as well they, they right they could have left it on the you know in japanese markets but they brought it over and like playing like 
Mario Picross on Super Famicom is just like so surreal and weird because <laughs> I love Picross and it's it's in Japanese but it's still playable and right. it's like Picross. it's there it's there I mean it's you see seeing like Mario characters hold up like regular random stuff and be like yay <laughs> it's just so weird but I love the fact that we're at least getting the ability to play them and look Mega Man Wily Wars finally getting released yeah. here after so long on the the Genesis Classic and now on the Switch online Genesis app is there. Like they did Mother, of course, years ago. Mother Earthbound Beginnings. You know. Hey, what about uh, Mother what about 3. the sequel to Earthbound and, and GBA? What about that one, huh? Mother Three. <laughs> Mother Three, yeah. I mean, it'd be great to see. I would love to see the incomplete version of Earthbound sixty four come over too. <laughs> like, let's play that. And you know, speaking of this, uh, Mother was one of those games that had like a like an ESRB, not an ESRB ready, but like it was it was done, it was localized or whatever, and they never released it. Yeah, that's why they and, did Earthbound Beginnings. Right, and Ash on DS had a very similar thing where you know they were working on it. They hired people to do voice acting for it, and it never came out. So maybe, so like maybe they could uh, resurrect that. Look, they brought over the very first Fire Emblem and translated it, and then they took it away. That was yes, and <laughs> I bought that. I'm, I'm glad to at least have had that. I, I bought the physical, which was stupid that they didn't actually give us a physical cart. And then I also it is very down- stupid I, I did pay for the download just to have it because who knows when it would yes. ever come back again. Uh, it's so stupid. Speaking of that, I remember reading a story that um, that was originally something that they were doing for the Wii U. <laughs> I believe it. They're a weird company. There, there's a lot of lot of yes. great stuff, but you you know it's, this this is the day and age where I feel gamers growing up now are beyond spoiled because they have access to all <laughs> the games that we grew up with, all the game and all the yes. games that they're coming out. And it's like, if you say, oh, there's nothing for me to play, then you need to expand your horizons because there's infinite things. Yes. It, I had a was, friend, you know, I used to live with a guy who's like, you know, he'd be like, I'm bored. And I, and I was a huge game collector at this time. And I want to be like, you have all, you have time because you're not working. I have, you have a giant 360 library next to you of over like 300 games that I've been collecting for like two, like for two years at this point. Like there's also play buddy. Like don't be bored. Yeah. <laughs> Like, play something I can't play. If, if video games stop, um, let's say video games stopped at the end of this year, every game coming out in 2022 continues and no more games ever come out, a kid growing up will not be able to play every game that's come out before they die. A kid. <laughs> yes. like, it's impossible. There's that many games out right now. So the selection is ginormous. Wild. Like, it's and insane. like, you know, we're, we're past the point, too, where, you know, like when I was a teenager, I used to be like on all those like localization forums, just begging and hoping that all these games get released, you know, Atlas or NIS or and all yeah. of them. Just like, please release Breath of Fire 3 portable. Please, please release all the Trails games like you said you would exceed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and some of them have come to fruition and some like I saw something now about Star Ocean. Two, the PS4 version in the West is based on fan demand and all that. So just bring Star Ocean. Just give us physical collections. Come on, the, the new one's yes. doing really well. Second five, Star is a great five, game. Yes, it is. I, I need to cover it too. The first four great games. Five was a train wreck, but is at least playable. And six is as far. I'm like almost 20 hours in, and I'm loving it. As integrity and faithlessness was the bad one. That was the, that was fifth. Yeah, number five. That was. It's not. It's not bad. It's just subpar compared to the other games. It's completely playable as a standard RPG. It just doesn't feel like Star Ocean until you finally go to space, which is like the last five, ten, five to ten percent of the game. So it's like Xenosaga <laughs> Two of the of Star Ocean. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is it a bad game? No. Is it a good Star Ocean game? No. 
is it worth playing? I'd say, yeah, if you enjoy the series and you just want to play, you know, an RPG. But is it the greatest experience ever? No, like it is the weakest entry. I know some people didn't like four that much. I loved four. I thought four was well done, and I love the four. The three sixty one. Yeah, yes. last hope. Okay, I played it, but a little bit, and I was I was enjoying it. I just I didn't finish. Yeah. I fell off. Speaking of games, they should localize. How about Star Ocean Blue Sphere? Yeah, what is? I've heard of that, but I can't remember what it is. It was like a Wanderswan game, I think. Yep. Oh. Or was it Wanderswan or there was Game Boy? I'm color? looking it up. I think it's Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color. Game Boy, Game Boy Color. Game Boy color yeah. yeah. I have a, a fan North- version of it. The North American version was planned but canceled, of course. Well, talking about Grandia, another fantastic JRPG series, Grandia Parallel Trippers. Let's get that over, too. So oh, if yeah, you all that, that exists. All the Tales games that ever came out here. I'm a big fan of Grandia 2. Grandia 2 is amazing. Yes. Grandia, the, all, the, all those four games that came out here, but there's a fifth game, Parallel Trippers, which which take, has characters from the first Grandia in it, and it was only on the Game Boy Color, I believe, as well, in Japan. Never got localized. And, and it's, a, it's a different story. It's not like a retelling. It's a brand new story. I'm assuming we, we, we got the first Mana games to come out finally, so anything's possible. Not only, yeah, not only did we get the third game, but we got a remake in 3D of the third game. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, talk about eating good. And now that Legend of Mana come out, maybe we'll get Sword of Mana and Heroes of Mana and Children of Mana and Dawn of Mana. <laughs> you know, God, I know what you're talking or, about, unfortunately. Maybe a, maybe a brand new Mana game. That would be great. That's not mobile. Let's do that. Not, Secret about, of Evermore is a Mana game too. Well, Secret of Evermore, they probably won't touch because that was made for American markets like Mystic Quest and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I'm trying to slide it, that in. Hoping, it's, uh, it's it's like Nintendo <laughs> won't touch Star Tropics again, unfortunately, because that was never released in Japan and made for American audiences. Even though they, I didn't did. know that. Yeah, Star Tropics one and two was only U.S. It was hmm. it was here. You this is for you. Japanese won't want it. So they, uh, I, I don't doubt. That's why they haven't touched it. That's why, like, there's not even a trophy in Smash Brothers. You know, it's the yeah. Disaster Day of Japan. Crisis has a, a spirit in it. Yeah, all things because that came out in Japan as well as Europe. Uh, Europe. It just never came out in America. Australia. Nintendo of America is weird. Look, Operation yeah, Rainfall. No. Had <laughs> for a reason. Operation Rainfall was huge for me back in the day. Yep, we had to beg for those things, and even yes. uh, Xseed had to give us two of the three. <laughs> I still never played any of those three games yet from Operation Rainfall. You need to play it's so good. I know. I also really want to play the other two. Do they are they like really Wii de- dependent, like Wago mode? They are. They're on the Wii. That's pretty much the thing. Yeah. I know. I mean, I have them on my on my computer, but I've just wondered if I need to have a Wii motor. Can I play it with a control? Will it be okay with a controller? Can I, I think you could play them with the pro con- like the because I played with the pro controller, the Wii pro controller. Like Xenoblade, I played with the Wii pro controller. Yeah. Okay. But but I wouldn't play I wouldn't play the Wii version of Xenoblade. I would play the three no, version, right? No, the Z- Switch version. I do want to play a 3DS version still. That sounds like a fun, weird thing to do. The Switch version is the definitive version, and then you get Future Connected, which is the the, the next game epilogue. Okay. Story. But yeah, they they did so many. Like you talk about the improvements of Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition versus the original. They did a lot of that stuff with with Switch because they remade the whole game, so it looks better. They added new mechanics. They they made it more user friendly. They did a lot of stuff they wanted to do ten years ago. Okay, I like user friendly stuff. Yeah, definitely play the definitive edition. All right, any last things to say about Cross before we go on to questions, comments, or memories? <laughs> <laughs> I think Chrono Cross has given us a lot of great discussions. It has. I mean, this games. has been a great conversation um, about, I'm loving it, even though if Chrono Cross is not, that's fine. That happens. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like, the whole Radical Dreamers edition has been a godsend, honestly. Yes. I'm just glad more people get to experience it. Same. And I'm also yes. glad people finally get to experience Radical Dreamers also. Like, that makes yes. me so happy that 
this collection. And it was the right price. 20 bucks was perfect for this. I mean, I get it doesn't make economic sense for, you know, people that are put that are creating this. I get it. So I, but mm-hmm. for me, it was perfect. I loved it. So thank you. <laughs> so if you're a cheap ass, it's perfect. Oh, God, I'm a cheap <laughs> bastard. I mean, like, I, <laughs> I almost didn't buy the Steam Deck. I wasn't going to. I'm like, I can't spend $400 on this thing. And my wife is like, yes, do you want it? I'm like, yeah. Like, were you going to, like, you know, because I was thinking about buying an Xbox, an Xbox Series X. Series X. And I was like, well, I'm like, if I buy this, I'm not going to want to buy a Series X now. She's like, I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm not even going to play a Series X. So I bought a Steam Deck. And yep. I can't put it down. <laughs> Moral of the story is localize more games, yes. play more games. Uh, Monolith Soft's a great developer. Chrono Cross is basically proto Monolith Soft. Good shit. Yeah. All right, let's go on to questions, comments, or memories. Pull up my phone. I post this in a few different groups, and luckily people were nice and had stuff to say and didn't block me in their group. So that was thank you guys. You had that happen to you? Once. Silent Hill Four. I published in a. I posted the Silent Hill group. They didn't block me, but they 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 took off my my post because it was self uh, what's the word self promotion. Which like yes they are, but I've been posting these forever and no one ever says anything because I ask questions, I ask for you know comment, and I always say yes I'm going to read it because I want people to know like what you say is going to be read on a podcast, buddy. Like I don't know, it feels like, but yeah, people get upset that one one group said oh no self promotion, they deleted my post. I was, I was like, come on, guys. I've been doing this for like three years, and one of the first times ever happened to me. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> I'm salty. All right. First from the I Watched the Entire Overblood Super Replay group uh, from Derek Mallow. My favorite memory of this game was during spring break of my senior year in college. All I did that week was wake up, play Colonel Cross, smoke weed, repeat. <laughs> hey, there we go again. You know, the kind of time where you can just do whatever you want. Uh, from o- Oakley Gleason. It's a game I always wanted to play as a child but never did due to it being just a bit before my time. I now have a physical copy sitting on my game shelf for the Switch. One of these days, I plan to finally play it. You should. You really should. Uh, from James Johnson. Beautiful music and a twist I didn't see coming when I played it. From Mark C. Played it for the first time during the pandemic. I really enjoyed it. Loved the music and the wide range of characters you can get. Again, I'm I'm pandemic was a great time to play an RPG. I played Xenogears during yes. the pandemic when it first started. I mean, it's still working. again. Perfect time because you can't leave. You couldn't leave your house. Play an RPG. You've also been played uh, Tokyo Mirage sessions during the pandemic. That was such, such a good game. Too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that I want to play. That's, that's that's like B tier Atlas. I I still loved it though. From Michael Jared, one of the best OSTs ever. Really clicked with yeah. me right from the start. As timeless as triggers, I think I prefer Cross. I prefer Trigger, but Cross is really good. From Alan Petrosi, some of the dialogue in the beginning of the game hits differently every time to play every few years. Yeah, because you understand what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From Tristan Stewart, best. Chrono Trigger passed me like a ship in the night, so I approached this as a kid as its own thing entirely and loved it. It was unlike anything else. The art direction, music, and plethora of available party members all felt inspired and still do, in my opinion. I think it's a little hard to revisit due to its, its slow by modern standards gameplay, but I really like Chrono Cross. Yeah, I think it's better if you hadn't played Trigger and you go into this game because then you don't have the expectations like I did, which upset you. <laughs> and from expectations. Nick, that's, that's the moral of the story, always. Yeah. And from Nick Ludeman, I was introduced to Chrono Cross by a friend whose brother had bought the game but never played it. So I borrowed it and almost immediately fell in love after the intro cutscene. The opening notes of the intro song time scar still give me chills and is easily one of my favorite VGM tracks next to triggers quarters of time. All right. Oh, and here he has questions. Actually, what are your thoughts on the soundtrack? When I played the remaster, I often found myself letting each new area's track loop a few times. So I could soak it in. It's oh, fantastic. We touched on it. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, it, it really is. I, I enjoyed it. Yes. And Matsuda is a fantastic composer. Yes. 
This is great freaking music. And from official Laser Time community, I got one comment from Alan Lawrence Matthews. I was working at a, at a software, etc. at the time. I was a huge fan of Trigger. I still have this. And he posted a picture of like a, it looks like a watch or a, it's a clock of Chrono Cross. as a Chrono Cross symbol. Nice. I'm jealous. <laughs> and from the last group. Oh, that's actually, that's everything I got. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I have another group I just couldn't see. From the Chrono Chronoverse group, this is the last group. Uh, from Mark Rodriguez, I hated Chrono Cross when it first came out because of expectations from Trigger. Upon replaying it later, realizing that it is a, it, it is a continuation of the world as a whole, or at the very least, a big old side quest to save Scala, I can appreciate for what it is. The plot dump near the end, though, I really had to have it processed in my mind for a while and make sense of it all, along with stuff I could dig up from discussion boards. It's an awesome game, I wish there was a sequel so we could find out what happened after the, dimension, the dimensions merged and learn the fates of both CT and CC characters. Hey, just like Barry, which I yeah. really want what Barry said to come true. It won't, but I want it to. <laughs> hey, I, I wanted it back then, I still want it now. <sighs> I... I regret that this series just went away. Like, that's what made me happy about the, them re-releasing this. I'm like, hey, maybe they're going to do something. I know they're not, but I, I can wish. Yeah, the thing is, like, you got to wonder what a sequel is going to be, right? Because, like, okay, Chrono Trigger is about time. Cross is about dimensions. Like, the only way they can really go from there is that the new one is about, like, media itself. Like, transcending, like, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, Radical Dreamers as pieces of fiction, basically. Hmm. Oh, uh, did you ever play Rampa? Uh No, but I want to. Oh, okay, yeah. De- definitely play that series. It's... People keep. Oh, no, no. I don't play it. You know, I was thinking, okay, I was thinking, See, Doki I love Doki Ace Attorney. Well. I love 999. So it's, oh. it's up my alley. Do you, do you play all the Zero Escape games? All three of them? Not only the first one, but I need to play oh, the other ones as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm behind. <laughs> and what about, what about AI? The two AI games? Nope. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to play those too. I have a lot ahead. I have a lot ahead of me, basically. <laughs> a lot of great games. Uh, from Timothy Williams, still love it. Been playing it since it first came out. Loved it being its own game, plus looking for the subtle connection to Trigger. And from Dylan Napier, I literally haven't played it in 22 years. I recall enjoying it. It just wasn't the game I wanted. I wish it was called something else and wasn't associated with the first game. That is how I felt for years yep. until this recent playthrough, and I completely am. I will never talk bad about Cross again in my life. I talked a lot of shit about Cross. That, that's over with, because... <laughs> I appreciate the game for what it is now. And it, it is a good sequel to Trigger. It's just not what I wanted. But that's fine. All right, from Sahari Nasir Eden. As far as I remember, I really loved the game, especially its soundtrack that I found so wholesome. Did not finish it, though. I was blocked the fight against Miguel. Decided to buy the remaster. Was heartbroken. It was very leggy on my Switch. That's sad. I mean, it shouldn't be an issue on Switch. I think it's been noted to be laggy. Issues. Oh, okay. That's another thing. Okay, I... I mean, it was noted it was it was leggy on my PC, but that was because I had some setting I had to go fix, and I was lazy. Mm-hmm. But that that was a me problem. <laughs> that wasn't a game problem. Uh, from David Boyce, I love getting lost in game lore and untwisting a well-spun mystery is something I always look forward to. I was glad to revisit the world again, even if it was different from what I remembered in Trigger. The music is still on my phone to this day. And last question: Remember being excited to bring to my buddy's house? His older brother sees it and sees kid and goes, "What the fuck? Why is she flat?" Okay. Oh God. <laughs> <sighs> because the guy's an asshole and she's a teenager. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it funny, though. I think people are stupid. I love that sometimes. Are stupid. Yes, they are. All right. And that brings us to our last segment shelf stack or box. Shelf being something you really like, stack being something you, you like, but not as much. And it's the middle ground. And box being something you dislike. And I'll go first. So I was torn when we first started this conversation. I was like, I'm going to put this game in the, in, in the stack. I wasn't as fond of it. But the more we talked about it, the more it compressed 
thinking about it since I beat it. Uh, this is going to go on the shelf. I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I had a great time playing this game, way more than I expected going into this. This game was something else. I mean, yes, the battle system wasn't exactly for me. The fact that I couldn't grind wasn't for me. But over, like, the more I thought about it, like, I didn't need to grind. Except for that fucking aerial fight, everything was fine. And the game let me play it. The game let me enjoy it. You know, I just missed out on a big key part of the story that I would love to see. Fuck you, Dario, again. But other than that, it's a, it's a great game. I'm really mad about that, by the way. Like it, Because if I would have known that that fight was that hard, I would have made an effort to steal the black plate other than I tried once, failed, and walked away. I didn't care. Like, I didn't. I mean, the guy told me, you want this plate. I'm like, I don't care. I care. That's your own fault, then. Don't blame the game. <laughs> I don't blame the game. I blame me. That's why the game's going on the shelf, because the game is really good, and I'm so glad I got to revisit it. I don't know if I'll replay it in New Game Plus. Probably not, just because it's me. But I had a great time. Oh, what about you, Dominic? What's going on the shelf? I love this game. As soon as I finished, you know, earlier this year, it's like, oh, this is fantastic. This is what I wanted. This is like up there for me with my favorite RPGs because it not everything hits necessarily, but the, the story, the music, the the philosophy of it, the way that the way it is written and conceived and done really hits for me. And as a fan, like I've said, of Chrono Trigger through Xenoblade. It's an important part of that lineage that I appreciate a lot. All right. And what about you, Barry? It's also shelf. I mean, it's one of those things that it brings me back to a better time. It, it, you know, classic Square RPG just does things right. And, you know, as a teenager, I really enjoyed it. And as an adult, I can really appreciate it. So, yeah. I, is it a game I'm going to replay? Maybe when there's a break of other things I want to play. I don't usually replay <laughs> games. Because there's just too many other games to play, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've broader tastes. But if I had the time and nothing else to play, I would absolutely replay this game. Uh, but I okay. probably would do Trigger first, just to freshen it up. Oh, you should triggers. All right, and if you want to hear what we're talking about next week, next week I'm going to be covering Clonoa, a door to Phantom Meal for PS One, a game I have never played before until this week. Another game that got remade. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm playing it's the PS One version. That everyone talks about lovingly, but it's like a secret. That not everyone talks about. Yeah, I, I never, I never knew about it. I never cared about it. And then, you know, I was someone's like, you should play it. I'm like, all right. And then when the remake came out, I'm playing the PS1 version because I want to play it. But oh, I, I like the remake. I, I never played the original, but I played through both games in the remake and and had a good time. Hundred percent of both of them. I kind of want to get. I kind of want to buy it now, but it's only on Switch, yeah. right? No, PlayStation and Xbox, but it's only physical outside of the U.S. So you had to import the European. Or the Asian. But if you're going to play it on a non-Switch system, I recommend the European because Asian use the O button for confirm and the X button back. The oh, it's Japanese way. Do, but the European, because all Asian releases are going to be like that. But the European do it like us. So you get the European English version, uh, and that way you, you'll be like playing an American version. That's what I did. And I oh. played it on PlayStation 5. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just playing the PS1 version on my Steam Deck, and I, I'm liking it so far. I'm, I suck at it, but I like it. It's very... I've never played it. I, I skipped it back in the day because I'm not a big platformer fan, so... That's like a game I hear about, and like, and then like Jeff Gertzman's like, oh, yeah, Klonoa. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. It's it's pretty cool. It's all. probably one of the best platformers on this PS1. Better than Crash by a long shot. That's not that's not a high bar. I know it's not a high bar. <laughs> I'm curious how it holds up today because like my favorite PS1 games to go back to even now are like this Chrono Cross and like uh, Mega Man Legends. That's oh, like my that's like my games. barrier of like what holds up today. 
I don't know how the PS1 version holds up, but I could say the remake is done really well. So that would PS1's be the first fine. I would recommend. The only issue with the PS1 is me. So, but yeah, it's fine so far. I got to play more of it though. But yeah. All right. So that's what you get to stay tuned for next week. And Barry, where can people find you at? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. And then you could find one of the places I work with Nintendo Fuse. You could find us on Twitter at Nintendo Fuse, as well as YouTube Nintendo Fuse and Facebook Nintendo Fuse, as well as NintendoFuse.com. And Premium Edition Games, where we sell physical versions of digital-only titles. You can get those at PremiumEditionGames.com. Follow us on Twitter at Premium Edition 1 and everywhere else as just Premium Edition on social media or Premium Edition Games at social media. All right. And Dominic, where can people find you at? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at D-A-C-I-C-H-O-C-K-I. I have the Distant Waves podcast on YouTube. I'm also on the Overblood Facebook group. <laughs> where we met. Where I met a lot of people that are on the show. Yes. So. <laughs> All right. And first, Barry, I if you've to... not played Overblood, you should play it. Uh, no, game? you shouldn't. Overblood PS1. Uh, is it a horror game? It is. I'm sort not of. a horror fan, so I won't play it. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's not really that. It's a... Eh. <laughs> it's it a is weird an game. game if you like level five games it is an important game in the level five lineage level five is some really good stuff it's it a weird Oca- ass game Akihiro Hino got his start was with the Overblood series I really want to play two I actually know somebody I know the guy who runs the Overblood two website who created it and like interviewed people that like he loves that game and Overblood two is wild I know I really want to play it one day sort of yeah but I just can't get myself one day because the sequel is basically like a Final Fantasy or like action RPG type game. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I've seen it. I'm like, what the fuck for PS1? So one day. All right. So I just want to thank everyone for 200 episodes. You've been listening to the show. 200 weeks we've been doing this. And that's 200 episodes. There's almost 400 at the point you're hearing this that I, I record so much. But 200 weeks and you guys have been listening and kept me going. And I haven't missed a, I haven't missed a week yet. Wow. So proud of that. that is impressive. Congrats. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck I've done it, but it's impressive. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. So, yeah, my life has become this podcast in a way. So <laughs> come hell or high water. Uh huh. I love it. I, I won't miss a week. I, I record a week ahead of time and I've had things happen where shit hits the fan and I'm like, we're fucking recording one way or the other. Like, <laughs> get it. We got to get together. <laughs> so yeah, I, I won't miss. I, I, I can't because it would throw off my whole rhythm of my schedule and everything. And I don't want to do that. So right. I make myself record, but I love it. So that's it. And so, yeah, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you want to support the show, we have a Patreon for as little as dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll. Um, we have a new poll starting with, when the time you're hearing this to go along with the it's, a, it's our Christmas movies that aren't Christmas movies poll or Christmas movies take place during Christmas that aren't Christmas. Uh, Batman Returns, Gremlins, Ghostbusters 2 or Lethal Weapon. So you get to choose what we're going to cover. You get to vote for a little as dollar. Go join our Patreon. You'll see a link in the show notes. We have a Discord. You can join our Discord and talk with us. Please do. There's a link in the show notes to the Discord channel. And if you want to hear our take on Chrono Trigger and episode 100, and if you want to hear what we thought about the other game that fits into this continuality, you can listen to Radical Dreamers Mini 26. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hellhasphere. You can follow her on TikTok. Definitely check her out. She went viral, actually, <laughs> for making TikToks. And... I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did the MCU movies with me, a bunch of them. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40, so definitely go follow him. And last thing I need, if you want more of us, also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We're audio only, but all the podcasts do go on YouTube. And I, I appreciate every subscribe I get, even though I one day I'll make video content. I keep telling myself that. One day. So that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good one.